0: Alright, welcome in. Very good morning here in Indianapolis. It's a Tuesday hanging out in the DriveHubler.com studio. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark in producing today's effort. Uh, fellas, a good morning. A couple NFL games last night. At some point this week, we'll have to move on to the Rams. If you maybe did a little scouting on the Rams last night as the Colts, we'll get ready for them. But most importantly, uh, out of everything, we have to test Kevin Bowen's voice here at 7.01 in the morning. How is it? 20, what is it? 21
1: hours later, I guess. You know, Maddie Bowen this morning That's is... That's good. Yeah. She is in the bathroom with me, and all of a sudden I'm talking to myself in the corner, and she is giving me this look like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, Trying to test out my voice, you know. I'm like, okay, how does it sound? What were you is saying, it, were you giving a stake and take? Is it still grog? You know, I think Chris Ballard is an early favorite for executive of the. You know, I'm like sitting there in the corner, like, okay, what am Big I saying enough. right now? I'm strong enough. Yeah. Gosh darn it, people like me. Wait, was there really ten players on the field Saturday night? That's what I was uttering. Yeah, I got uh,
0: something for Marcus Freeman today in yeah. the
1: corner. I we are making improvements, positive strides. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. How does I'll it k- sound? No, listen. I thought you got better as uh, as yesterday
0: happened. Unfortunately, you're still got the spray. I know you do. I see the spray. Unfortunately, yeah. Let's go ahead. Give it a couple. There we go. There you go. Maybe that stuff's working. We were worried about you because you walked in and Mark goes, how was your speaking engagement with your voice? And you're like, uh. (laughs) I was like, oh boy. Monday Monday after an NFL season, not a good time to try and rest the voice. There's no rest for the voice. Uh, And there's no rest, I don't know, uh, for the Colts as they get ready for the Rams. We'll talk about that. Uh, Adam Schefter and others. We talked a little bit yesterday about Jonathan Taylor. So there's definitely uh, I think some meat on the bone there. And then it's the balance. It's the balance of uh, Anthony Richardson. When will he be cleared? Now, today is a day off. So, you know, listen, I would imagine what? It's not going to be until Wednesday afternoon. Later in the afternoon, we may find something out about the concussion protocol and everything else with Anthony Richardson. But And just, let's go there, if you don't mind, Yeah, let's Andy, go right for, there.
1: For just a second. You know, I almost... When, you know... We've asked Shane Steichen, you know, has is Anthony Richards still in concussion protocol? I want to be like, guys, yes, he has to still be in concussion protocol. You've got to practice multiple days to clear concussion protocol. So I almost feel like when you've lobbed that question at Shane Steichen, it's kind of a worthless question. Granted, you can make the argument there's a lot of worthless questions to lob at Shane Steichen. But he's going to be in concussion protocol through... Thursday. I mean, Thursday would be the earliest he could fully clear from a no contact to then a contact practice uh, after that. So um, I would be surprised slash thinking there's no way he would meet the media on his normal Wednesday day. Uh, but to your point, tomorrow when they get back to practice, that's when we will get a little bit of new items, I would think, on Richardson. And then on the Jonathan Taylor front, that Shane Steichen. I don't know if it's frodoing slip by him, but the timetable that he briefly mentioned yesterday isn't the earliest timetable of a Jonathan Taylor return. Now we
0: have the cut here. Do you wanna do you wanna hear it?
1: Maybe we get to that in the eight o'clock hour, okay, or maybe sure. a little bit later, but that storyline obviously is about to get back on the front burner. Uh, with that, so uh, certainly something to get to uh, a little bit later.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't know about you, but I, I just and the timeline of Anthony Richardson. I, I know you're not. I want to be clear here. I know you're not going to hear anything today, and I know that Thursday is a key. You would agree with that. You just said it. I mean, Thursday is a key day here. Yeah, Wednesday I, then, I, then Thursday. Yeah, I don't want to feel nervous about Anthony Richardson, but I'm almost there. Is that fair? Nervous uh, in what well, way? Well, n- nervous in. I mean, let's get the guy cleared. I mean, when you start dealing with concussions, and he's got to he's got to pass certain things. Like I was just kind of thinking this would be. Very very easy for him to be back. And I'm not saying it's not going to be that way, but that's the guy I want to see. Like, yesterday we had the conversation, KB, and we can have it today, of you know, this season is is an oddity for Colts fans. I, I think they're confused, maybe, on how to feel. They're elated about the win. They think you watched the Rams last night, score 16 points, not look special. You're thinking, okay, we can beat the Rams. And guess what? I agree. If I had to pick the game today on a Tuesday, guy I would pick uh, the Colts to win the game, but this this season was forget about wins, just worry about the maturation of Anthony Richardson and everything else. Well, now he's not playing; he's not, you know, still not cleared. And again, all of that can change here in the next several hours. But he's he's not cleared, and now you are worried
1: about wins, right? Yeah, You're not 0 win three on the season. You're not. And, and I guess let me reiterate the Richardson thing. There is nothing Anthony. Rich- could have done Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or even today to clear concussion protocol. He has to practice to clear concussion protocol. I feel like I'm sounding like Allen Iverson. Um, so there's nothing that he could have done in the last 72, 96 hours for him to all of a sudden have Shane Sykin in a press conference yesterday be like, oh yeah, uh, Anthony's clear, he's good to go. I, I asked him, you know, is it the plan right now for him to practice Wednesday? You know, to me, that's a little bit more of a, Okay, this now is step four of the concussion protocol, um, and of course Shane wouldn't. Do we know what step he's in? That. Is that an unfair question to ask? Yeah. I, Do we know where he's at? I, I. My assumption is he has progressed through some of the steps. Um, you don't travel to a road game. You don't show up to practice. In eighty-five degree heat right. with the sun beaming he's been, on you, he's been visible. But again, he can't get to the final steps without an actual practice participation. So, I know there are some people that are like, "Oh my gosh, you know he hasn't cleared. Or the, you know this is this is now lingering into week two. Um, again, he can't get any further until he actually practices. And the next time the Colts will do that is. Tomorrow, uh, if you missed our interview with Juju Brent, so we're gonna play that coming up here in a uh, probably about seven thirty ish. Tim Hasselbeck from ESPN going to join us at nine o'clock, and Bob Kravitz at nine thirty. Yeah, the Rams. It, it's Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, and the Misfits, right? <laughs> you get at Atwell and my Mampuka. Is that Puka a Nikua. shot? At Puka yeah, you got, you got there. Puka. What was his? Uh, I love I love Kyron Williams at Notre Dame, but it's amazing that the Rams. You know, I'm used to you know Cup and Ramsey and Beckham and obviously Donald and Stafford, um, Von Miller of course in that Super Bowl team. I mean, you look at their roster; it is literally Stafford, Donald, and obviously Cups on IR right now and will not play Sunday. But it is a bunch of random, random dudes.
0: It really is. What happened to Van Jefferson? Remember? He was something. He was, a, what, a third-round pick. He had a nice were, catch last night. Yeah, he had a nice catch last night. I think and could... that was a
1: backdoor touchdown oh, there yeah. late for those waking up and seeing, oh, three-point game, it must have been close. Yeah, yeah, close until halftime. And I, I I love the league.
0: Bengals after the game. Uh, what's his name? Joe Joe Burrow was like, oh yeah, Joe. He's like, he's like, uh, I could have been re-injured out there, but we also could have went zero and three. He's like, we're not going, we're not going zero and three. Damn it, that's not what we're doing. And I guess you know he didn't have a
1: touchdown. He was still just whatever. Yeah, Nixon had their lone touchdown. Jamar Chase didn't have. That was an ugly game. The Bengals Rams was an ugly football yeah. game. And Burrow it, was clearly limited. I mean, s- still just nothing really. N- nothing early on down the field from them at all. They're um, not a playoff team. And the then, white jerseys and helmets are pretty sweet, yeah. I thought. Yeah, the look was great, uh, but certainly the game did not live up to it. And the Eagles continue to do what they've done. I mean, it is remarkable. Now 20 of their last 21 games with Jalen Hurts under center, they have won. That is now 10 straight on the road. DeAndre Swift looks like the guy that was drafted very high. A.J. Brown... Finally had a big night and that stingy Eagles defense um, living up to it. So that's the worst. Three undefeated teams: (laughs) Eagles, Dolphins, and Forty. The
0: worst thing is that they can go out and get Jalen Carter. That's just the worst thing. At least for me, because I'm invested in them stinking and they're not going to stink for a long time. But Jalen Carter's throwing dudes around. I mean, he punched the ball out (laughs) early in the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because of the trouble he got in at the end of the year, he drops down and who gets him? A good team. A good team. Not only a good team, uh, uh, probably a great team. And I said yesterday, you know, it's a work in progress. I know Philly, even Sirianni talked about that. Well, you know, we're not where we are going to be when we get to December, January. And I would agree with him. The thing is, there's so good they can stack wins while they're doing it but just think I mean they lost and I know this happens to teams that make a run to the Super Bowl and everything else KB but you know I mentioned yesterday they lost Steichen who looks like he's going to be a pretty damn you know solid coach right I mean if nothing else he is a creative good young play caller that makes quarterbacks better that makes offenses better and then Jonathan Gannon Arizona's played hard for three games in a row. they may say, well, you know, playing hard doesn't win in the NFL. There's a bunch of teams that aren't playing hard, okay? Uh, The Bears, the Broncos, the Giants. uh, There's a bunch of teams that just kind of are going out there and running through the motions in some of these games. Arizona's not that. Arizona could easily be two. I mean, they could be the Giants, and they could have went to Washington in week one and won that game. They could be two and one right now. Just the assistant coach firepower that the Eagles lost they shrug it off, they have a great draft, and they go get DeAndre Swift who has torn the league up in the last two days. Or two games, I should say.
1: Yeah, I think something else to get to speaking of psych in a little bit later is you know what we've seen through him three games. I, I think there's something that he has already shown that, you know, puts a little pressure on the opponent and, and I think that's critical. Um, you know, when you're talking about kind of the weekly prep, you know, the Rams are gonna be Way behind the eight ball with their prep this week. I was talking with one of their members of their coaching staff yesterday. I'm like, hey, are you guys going back in between? Yeah, what are they doing? And they are going back. I mean, they're not landing until what? Maybe two hours ago? And now all of a sudden, while the, the Colts have had 36 hours of rest after their game, the Rams have a short week, and then they've got to make the cross country flight again to get back here. And you know, it's a 10 a.m. local time game on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and just a again, I just look at that Rams roster and think if you can just get to their offensive line, which I don't think is a very good group. I mean, we know Stafford isn't mobile. Certainly, if you give Stafford mm-hmm. time, he can make some big-time throws. But and they can't run the football D-line either. Plays like they have the first three weeks of the season. Um, I think the Colts will control this one and move to 3-1, and one, frankly. You, you mentioned about
0: teams hopping on a plane. Do you see that the Pittsburgh Steelers were they they were on the the
1: emergency landing
0: well they had to I don't know something happened with the plane I'm like they can't like the the Steelers have to land and have an emergency landing and they have to basically sit there all night either in the plane or waiting for another plane like the rest of us like if you were flying with the family to Cancun or something like they can't they can't have the Rooney family send another private jet out there they gotta wait 10 12 hours at a Kansas City airport what are we doing it's the Pittsburgh effing Steelers that's well, what I was thinking I-
1: What's happening here? I mean, obviously, private jet. They need quite the size. Go get plane ten of them. Come on, Roonies. To ship the Steelers. Come on, Hines the rest family. Let's go home there. <laughs> it's no longer Hines
0: Field, right? No, it's something else. It's not cryptocurrency because that's that's now. Did you ever? Did you ever invest in crypto? Can't say I ever dove into the uh, crypto pool. Remember back in the day, Bo Dog, uh, when it you know it was Bovada now. I remember it's Bo Dog there for a while. Do you remember that the offshore no. account? You never went on Bo. Bo neither one of you. No. no. Are you guys Americans? You never. You never did offshore illegal sports gambling.
1: No, I can't say. I did. Oh my nope.
0: goodness. Oh yeah, uh, Bovada. They used to instead of paying you know, if you want a couple hundred dollars, they'd say, "Do you want Bitcoin?" This is like ten years ago, and I had no idea what Bitcoin was. I'm like, "No, I don't know what. Day. I don't want Bitcoin. I don't want Bitcoin." Coin. I, I want real cash. And then there was a time for a year, two years, where bit, like one Bitcoin was worth however yeah, many oh hundred. Yeah. I, was, I was like, I could have, I could have like twenty thousand yeah. dollars right now. A little it, Gas would have his Ivy League education little, paid. Little for Gas it. would be good to go. By the way, we're getting closer to bringing him home. We're yes. getting close. Gain another ounce and a half. We're getting close. I'm hoping. Again, I'm hoping this weekend we can watch the Colts game. We can watch See, the NFL. Ready for the Giants
1: against. Wow, well, the, they're, they're Monday night. They're Monday night. That's what we got Monday night. So
0: it's a standalone game too. You don't even get a second game to ease your sorrows. You get a Manning cast, though. I think. Yeah, I'm sure Eli can lament how bad his former team uh,
2: is. And you know
0: who Sunday Alliance night Packers is?
2: Packers Thursday night. You know who Sunday night is? The Jets. <laughs> <laughs> how about we just stop putting New York teams in? Prime At least we time. get the Chiefs opposite the Jets.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'll be a close game. 38-13. to 13. And our first London game of the year, it'll be the Falcons and the Jags. And the Jags will do the back-to-back London thing. So first time we have done that. And then they will um, come
2: back to the States
1: and take on the Colts. So you going
2: to throw on the uh, Toy Story version for Rosie? Of what? Of the Jaguars game. Yeah, Have you seen that? They're doing a, a, a cartoon. Really? No, I yeah. haven't seen this. It's on like Disney. I, yeah. I've seen it, and I'm sure I'm going to do like the double. So this is like the slime version? It's on like Disney Plus or whatever, but there's going to be the game is going to be simulcast in Toy Story animation, where they're playing in Andy's room, and it's like live. I don't know how they're doing it. Will Trevor it Lawrence's
1: hair be a woman or a man? No, <laughs> but it
2: looks pretty intriguing. My daughter's already like, can we watch that? I'm like, of course. I'll put it on TV1, and then you can. I'll watch the regular version yeah. of TV2. So, so it
0: does move the needle for kids. All these the slime games in the Toy Story game. to me, the slime for sure. The slime when Nate Burleson moved the needle. Okay. Yeah. Who was it, Mike McCarthy? They put horns on Mike McCarthy. Didn't they do that during one of the slime games? Yeah, there they was showed something McCarthy. on there. <laughs> they showed Trevor McCarthy Trevor Lawrence is going to be
1: Jesse from Toy Story here. Is that what yeah. we're going to get? Probably. Uh, lighting all of his toys on fire. Again, if you missed a Juju Brents <laughs> conversation, it was a fun one with him yesterday. We'll replay that coming up here in a bit. Tim Hasselbeck at 9 o'clock and Bob Kravitz at 9.30. Good Tuesday morning to you. Sounds like some rain potentially in the forecast. We probably need it, to be honest with you, in the next 48 hours. So keep an eye on that. It's Kevin and Andy Sweeney, Mark Dyckton here on a
3: Tuesday. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha, Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fans.
0: Yeah, morning check down on this Tuesday. Reminder, we're going to replay our Juju Brents interview coming up here in about 10 or 11 minutes. Uh, our final staggered doubleheader Monday night football, at least for a while. You're stuck with just one game next Monday. Eagles winners 25-11. They moved to 4-0, 3, excuse me, 3-0 on the season. The Bucs now 2-1. The Rams on the road. The Bengals, there you go, Bengals, 19-16. They get their first win. Both of those teams, 1-2 and on the season. Joe Mixon, the only touchdown there. A lot of of field goal kicks. If you took Jamar Chase high in your fantasy leagues, KB, you got rewarded at least a little bit last night. 12 catches, a buck 41 in the win. Yeah,
1: big night for him. A.J. Brown had a big night as well. Relatively low scoring, though, both of those games. So through three weeks of the NFL, three undefeated teams, Eagles, Dolphins, 49ers. What order? Four winless teams. Bears, Broncos, Panthers, Vikings. What order on the on the best teams right now? Oh, I think you got to go Dolphins, um,
0: Dolphins, and, uh, Niners, Eagles I, I, in that I,
1: order. I still think the Eagles. When you've won twenty of twenty one, um, I know that dates back to last year, but um, give me the quarterback. Okay, that there you go. All right,
0: not that matters. I'll have them third. Kind of a not quiet
1: a Major League Baseball Monday. Our final regular season Monday of the year. The Diamondbacks did lose, so that has some impact. From an NL wildcard standpoint, you've got Arizona in second. The Cubs are in third, both of them with the same record. The Marlins a game back. The Reds two and a half back here. And again, it'll be the Reds and the Guardians early in the week, the Cubs and the Braves. So basically, if you boil it down, four teams for two spots Arizona and Chicago though, certainly in the driver's seat here with one week to go. Did you see did you see what they
0: did? And all teams do this. The Yankees in Arizona, they played in the middle of the day yesterday, like 105, 135, something like that. And I know they have the tickets sold. Like I understand they have forty some odd thousand tickets sold to a game like that. Dude, KB, there's nobody there. Yeah. Have you have you seen the pictures no, 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 of I, that? I've I, I not. Like there were fifty people and there were under fifty people in the bleachers and like announced attendance forty one thousand.
1: I do feel like it was kind of the random like was that just a rain delay day yesterday for major league baseball teams that's what it was yeah I mean that was that mostly what it
0: was I know it was for Arizona I mean Arizona here is screwing the pooch man they lost two out of three to the Yankees they had a couple games and now they're sitting there right with the Cubs I mean if you're the Cubs you sat there you didn't do anything yesterday and now you're tied for second
2: good for them
1: Mark nervous uh, yeah,
2: because it's the Braves <laughs> and the Brewers that wrap the season. So if we would have taken care of the previous series against the Rockies or, you know, the Pirates, that would, that would have been nice. Yeah, the Diamondbacks have the White Sox, the Marlins have the Mets.
1: If you're looking at the other teams in that NL wildcard picture. <laughs> Yeah, the
0: Reds, and, the Reds and Guardians. The only other thing I had was the Notre dame L game is going to be a 7-30 game. I want to get to the Marcus Freeman sound. Did you see that yesterday? Marcus Freeman, I think, unhappy that that's going to be a night game in Louisville. Four straight night primetime games for Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, four straight. Do you think three of them will be college game day? you think USC-Notre Dame will be college game day? Duke-Notre Dame is had college they, game had, day. Have
0: they not announced uh, college game day yet? No,
1: it is Notre Dame-Duke.
0: Oh, is it Notre Dame-Duke? Yes. I mean, really? Can you name...
1: I mean, really? It's Notre Dame-Duke? I, I didn't know that. That's so, it? Can you name the uh, six other Power 5 schools the college game day now has not been to? Duke is one of them. Obviously, they will check that Ooh, box on Saturday. I like that. Can you that. name the others? I have... I have... What conferences? Are, it's just spread all over the place, I would imagine? If I said what conferences, I'm not sure we would even be able <laughs> to know, considering where these <laughs> schools are nowadays. No. Where is it at? So, or where have they not been at, I guess? They have not been to... Three Big Ten schools. Current Big Ten schools. They have not been to three current
0: uh okay, so have they been to I'm I'm gonna go Indiana would be one of those they have not been to. Uh shockingly that's not on the list.
1: Really? Illinois, Maryland, Rutgers. Okay, Rutgers makes sense. I guess. Cal, Syracuse, and Virginia.
0: Cal, Syracuse, and Virginia. Okay, I think you know, I think Syracuse actually surprises me a little bit there. Just because they've the had Clemson, a team here or there. Yeah, something, the yeah something
1: like that. Okay. Yeah, that, okay. One, that one surprised me a little bit there. So, yeah, Notre Dame and Duke Saturday night for Indiana. They will open up their, I guess, reopen up their Big Ten schedule after playing Ohio State. Uh, they are at Maryland. So that's uh, Tua's little brother, right? Yeah, wait a minute. Didn't they have a couple years ago? Wasn't
0: Indiana-Ohio State a college game day to begin the 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 season? Uh But it was
1: fake college game
0: day. But they're counting that. Remember, it was fake. Like, they didn't have all the hoopla. Weren't they in the stadium or something? Defined fit like Corso well, wasn't. Yeah, I mean, breathing. It, was, it wasn't the normal college game day. It was the diet version of the co- of the, it was a lean cuisine version of the college game day. It was on a Do you Thursday not get night. Like a Tom Rinaldi <laughs> sat
1: piece? Is no, that what I mean? No, you didn't get you didn't get to cry along with Tom Rinaldi. Uh, That's home, a fake one. Homecoming in West Lafayette, Purdue and Illinois. That is a three thirty kit coming up. <laughs> you on you come across Saturday. as you were on homecoming court just a little bit i, I can't say I you was never ever, you never
2: weren't running for homecoming king n- no sir really no no, no. a former is no, per- that the first time you've been told that I,
1: I, that is the first really? time in my 34 years in this earth that anyone's ever looked at me and said oh, I could you, see you strike me as homecoming i court. could see you being a popular guy in high school you weren't popular in high school i, I, I don't know if like homecoming court was no no to answer the first question <laughs> and then second I, I don't know if it was that big of a thing like really I'm trying to picture who it was. I think our homecoming king, now that I think about it, was a football player, and the homecoming queen was a cheerleader. Isn't that, like, stereotypical?
2: Kevin was working on a short game, Yeah, usually. He was working on a sandwich. Try these irons out in The yard. <laughs>
1: uh, on the other side, Juju Brents, so maybe the homecoming king of Warren Central. Yeah, there you go. Back in the day, uh, fun interview with him yesterday. That was late in the show. If you missed it, we're going to re-rack that coming up here on the other side. Again, a little bit of an overcast start to this Tuesday here in Indy. It is the wake-up call of KB and Andy.
0: Yeah, back at it on a Tuesday, hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. Yesterday, we had a chance to catch up uh, with first uh, rookie corner. First time he got out there to play Juju Brent's local kid. We did that in the 9 o'clock hour, so we figured we'd run it back. A great interview, and we led things off talking about the mood of the locker room, the mood of that plane ride as the Colts got the big win on Sunday in Baltimore.
4: Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, definitely enjoyed that win. Uh, Try to get some sleep last night, but it was a little tough just. The so German still rushing out their game like that, but uh yeah, the expectation uh for us to go down there was to win so uh You know, it wasn't a a fluke for us or anything like that. We had that mentality the whole way throughout the week. You know, it was great to end it that way.
1: Juju, thanks for the time. Walk us through the strip and the recovery. I I thought it was the play of the game, probably non-Matt Gay related. I mean, at that point, you guys were, you know, certainly had been hit in the mouth a little bit with how Baltimore had started that game. What did you see when Kenyon Drake got past you? And then walk us through the uh, fumble recovery.
4: Absolutely, yeah. That just – Just strain, just effort, you know, things you can't coach. Uh, But that is something that we work on consistently throughout the week, you know, just raking at the ball, um, just being aggressive at the point of attack, just trying to do whatever we can to get the balls back in the hands of our offense. So just at that point, man, just seeing opportunities, going at the ball and, uh, man, just making a play and and, uh, just capitalizing. What
1: were the first two weeks of the season like for you, particularly Sundays when you weren't dressing here early in the year?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a little tough for me just you know, being a competitor. You know, I want to be out there. But uh, just knowing that it was something that's going to be temporary and when my time did come, just making sure that I was fully ready. So uh, just during those first weeks that I knew I wasn't going to be up, just still preparing like I was going to be out there, just having the same mentality, uh, just knowing that that time would come. And then uh, just evidence of yesterday, just making sure when my number got called, just, I was fully ready uh, to go out there and perform, and uh, not with my teammates, my coaches, anybody in this, in this organization now.
1: Again, Juju Brents with a second-round pick out of Warren Central High School. Not often we mention the high school before the colleges, but you got to with the local product. Um, Was it, I guess, conversations with either Ron Miles, your DB coach, or even Gus Bradley, what were those conversations like and what was maybe holding you back from playing in Week 1 or Week 2?
4: You know, just I had some... some, preseason and uh, just off-season, little knickknack knack injuries here and there that were just kind of hindering me. Uh, so just making sure that I was fully ready. Uh, so definitely uh, getting those injuries all the way together and then just getting caught up to speed, you know, the main thing, the difference is with the NFL is just the mental aspect of, you know, just picking up on things fast and split-second decisions. So um, just making sure that I was fully ready. And then once, you know, Coach gave me the green light, just go out there and perform. Just let it all loose. And then at that point, they just told me to go out there and have fun, man. in end of the day, football is football. So just go out there and just let it loose.
0: Juju Brents with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. On the fan reaction Monday, the Colts get the win. We'll eventually switch to the Rams. But right now, as you said, it's oh, yeah. basking, uh, still having that high from yesterday in the big win Matt Gay after the game was very humble was he humble in the locker room he was one of the players of the game I want a cocky kicker but he was a he was a humble kicker was he humble in the locker room
4: definitely man cool con collective man shout out to Matt Gay that was insane insane Uh, you know just great dude and uh, even better player man so just very excited for uh for him and just the team and to continue to keep building off of this point. Were you Great were you like yeah?
0: Were you watching? How, how closely were you watching when uh when Justin Tucker has the sixty one yard field goal and it was short, but it was just short and it was that was right. It was straight. It was straight as an arrow. Uh, you were watching that. What were you thinking in those seconds where it looked like that
4: was going to go through? I couldn't I couldn't watch it. I was just waiting on the reaction for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of down It's like alright once I see that he missed a lot we got a shot at this I was like we gonna win this game so I'm glad it turned out in our favor it's
1: the NFL debut for Juju Juju Brents yesterday four tackles a forced fumble again we talked about the fumble recovery man I thought you laid the wood with those tackles too uh, is that something that you've kind of been, always been known for as a pretty physical corner you know sometimes at that position you get guys a little timid uh, certainly not an attribute of yourself
4: absolutely you know I like the make sure guys feel me, you know, especially on the on the outside, just feel my presence letting me know. Uh one of my coaches in, in college and in high school, <laughs> it's crazy. Both of them say, man, just run through the smoke and I'm definitely a guy where I do I uh, mean I know it's gonna be another side of it, man, but just being aggressive at the point of attack. So definitely in the pass game being aggressive but also in the run game, I definitely uh make sure I wanna let my, my presence be felt in that in that aspect of my game as well
1: run through the smoke Andy I might, I, like I might make that sign for Max Bowen and have him slap that on the way out of the nursery every <laughs> every morning Juju when did you get word that you'd be playing such a significant role yesterday
4: yeah it was kind of put in the air earlier on throughout the week uh, it wasn't set in stone so like I said like the previous weeks I was still preparing the same way and this week I attacked it the same way and uh, kind of just hearing a little bit hearing that I may be up so um, just make sure that I was going to be ready like I said earlier but, uh, man, I'm just, you know, appreciate my coaches just trusting in me to go out there and uh, perform and... uh. Man, it's a great game. It seems as if you guys have fully bought in to Coach
0: Steichen, and uh, I mean, you know, you saw him; he was pumped up after the win and everything else. We get a more calculated in the media. You know, by the time he gets to the press conferences, he's a lot more calculated. What kind of locker room guy is he? I assume you guys have fully bought in. Uh, what is it? What, what 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 sorts of things? What kind of culture has
4: he brought in just a few weeks on the job? It's been great, man. He's just high energy. Uh, I would say Miami. He's consistent. He's a competitor too. I love the way he competes. His mentality, man. Uh, kind of missed the opposing teams. You know, it's taking some timeouts away from him. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> love to see that. But uh, man, yeah, definitely. uh just the way he attacks every day. Uh, just puts in him the, in the right mind frame. Uh, just by having the aggressive week man it makes the game a lot easier so just being real intentional with the work we put in on the field um, during practice and then just going to let it all loose on on Sundays Juju
1: I know we had you on in camp so I apologize if I asked this to you back a little over a month ago is there any significance to number 29
4: uh none in particular uh it was kind of one of those that was just available for me, available to me. Because you were a big Bob Sanders guy growing up, right? Yeah, that would have been dope before they got that, But hey, <laughs> not too late. We'll see. Maybe it eventually ends up happening.
1: <laughs> who is the uh, veteran? Obviously not a ton of vets in your room, but who is the veteran you point to? Maybe it's someone not even in your room that mm-hmm. you would point to as um, who you've learned the most from so far in your NFL career.
4: Mm, it's, it, we actually do have a lot of vets who I could say I have learned from, just little pieces. Um, like... Quentin Nelson on the opposite side of the ball. Just the way he takes care of his body throughout the week, he's a guy I back off of. No, definitely just like mentality, like defensive scheme-wise and just the small little details within the game. Kenny Moore and uh, like Julian Blackman, those guys for sure. Even like Tony Brown. Uh, we have a lot of guys who are in our back end who have some experience, and we are young, but like those three guys for sure, I back off of them a lot. Um, just – Keys within the game, things they may be seeing that I could learn and apply to my game as well. And uh, Man, I know they say we young, man. We got some ballers in our room for sure. Is Tony Brown the loudest guy in your locker room? 100%. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, anybody on the team, I think they all would attest to that answer for sure.
0: I was going to ask who's second on that list. If Tony Brown's easily first, who's second? Are you second?
4: I don't even nah, I don't think second really matters. Like, there's okay. no getting close to T V.
0: <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> Juju Brent's with us here, uh, hanging out with you on the fan. He's on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Before we get you out of here, uh, we had some, We had, listen, I love this. We had some fun with it. Here on the radio, we have to give predictions in all 10 uh, radio gas bags, Juju. We all picked Baltimore uh-huh. to yeah. win the game and Mo Alley, <laughs> Co- Mo Alley Cox made fun of us and retweeted us Sunday night. So, I don't know if there's a question there, but yeah, but just know that Mo Alley Cox got his revenge on all of us here on Sunday.
4: <laughs> I wish I, I would have seen the tweet. I would have gave you a little quote as well. <laughs> <laughs> <It's not good. laughs>
1: yeah, especially with the local guy. That's not going to go over too, too well. All yeah. right, uh, Juju, again, hell of a debut, man. I, I go back to the play you made against Kenyon Drake and thinking that thing. It uh, could have been what really turned it around and, and you know created such a competitive game and obviously a tremendous finish for you guys. So congrats on that. Enjoy the home opener, I guess home debut, I should say, for you coming up on Sunday. And uh, we'll hopefully chat with you down the road.
4: Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Thank
1: you. All right, there you go. Juju Brent's hanging out with us yesterday after the
0: big win. You feel good about that a day later, KB? Feel yeah, good again, about that? Yeah, I
1: thought his play... Uh, on Kenyon Drake, and he mentioned after the game he, he recalled back in training camp that Kenyon Drake had some struggles from a ball security standpoint. I mean, that's just a little thing for a rookie there to acknowledge that. Again, Kenyon Drake spent some time with the Colts during training camp and I'm such a big believer in game flow and momentum and how things can change. And I just feel like if that play isn't made, we could be talking about a totally different result today. So big time by Juju Brents to create that opportunity when that team needed it really, really early in the game and uh, obviously it was critical. And I thought he brought physicality. He had a big play on Mark Andrews in the third quarter. I think you got to be very encouraged. And that's a spot, of course, that's so up for grabs. And if Juju Brentz can entrench himself there, um, you potentially are kind of checking a very important box moving forward. Shane Steichen yesterday talked about
0: that play with Juju Brents. Here's what he had to say.
2: Yeah, no doubt it was huge. Obviously, to get that turnover
0: and win the turnover battle two to nothing uh, was huge. But to see his effort on that play and strip of that football and recover it uh, was a huge play in the game. It was a huge, huge play by him.
1: You know, another play, Andy, we didn't really talk a ton about yesterday. The visual of it, Jim Irsay tweeted out a great picture. I think it was courtesy of Jenna Watson from the Indianapolis Star. Um, but that Michael Pittman catch there in overtime, you know, when he makes that big play down the field, helmet gets ripped off on the play. Um, you know, that play from Pittman, If I've always been more of a Pittman guy, I think, than most, so I'm probably a little biased in that. But, Andy, if you look at the first three games this season, Michael Pittman has at least eight catches in all three of them, at least 50 yards in all three of them. You know, that's kind of like a fantasy football dream right there. Oh, man, he's peppering targets. It's consistent. And I got to thinking, like, man, at least eight catches, at least 50 yards. When's the last time we've seen a Colts wideout do do that? And I just assumed that it would have been like T.Y. Hilton in 2018 with Luck or 2016 when Hilton led the league in receiving – T.Y. Hilton never did it. Okay, where,
5: where
0: are you going then?
1: Reggie Wayne? So when, you got to go back. Yeah.
0: How far back do you have to
1: go? To Reggie. Okay. And, and Reggie and Marvin both did it. I think each them sure. did it four times. But And again, I don't want to act like I'm comparing Pittman to Hilton even, or Pittman certainly to Reggie or Marvin. But I think a hat tip to Michael Pittman through the first three weeks of the season. It's not like he's playing with you know, Mahomes and whatever, some stud at running back. There's a lot of attention on him. Yeah, he's not in the Miami offense. In opposing, Yes, exactly. And he's been a consistent presence for you. I mean, eight catches is a lot when you break it down like that and consider that's probably where Hilton, I'm sure Hilton had over 50 yards, obviously, in three straight games in his career. But the eight catches is probably the one where Hilton... Doesn't necessarily check that box, and right now, I mean, outside of Josh Downs, you're kind of in scramble mode to find that other pass catcher to support Michael Michael Pittman. So I think some credit to him, and then credit to Shane Sykin for realizing that you know this guy just kind of needs touches, and whether that's a screen here, or there, it's hard to tackle him. That's where he's at his best. It's an extension of the run game, all of those things. Um, so Michael Pittman through the first three weeks of the season, it's a pretty good start. And when he gets to contract negotiations at the end of the year. Um, he'll obviously point to the quarterbacks he's played with, or his agency will 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 be doing that, um, and we'll see how it all of that plays out. But I think that's a guy that you just want on your football team.
0: I think there's two things with Pittman that I uh, that I, one of them fans are really going to like. I, I think the first thing is he can go deep like he did. In overtime, he also doesn't mind running a screen pass or a four-yard little in and getting hit and going over the middle, right? So, you know, some guys are like, well, he's a speed guy. Well, he's a he's a slot guy. Well, he's this or that. I, I just kind of view Pittman as a guy that can do a little bit of everything. I might be wrong there. I,
1: that's just how I feel no, with him. I think that's a good way to describe it. He does a lot of the dirty work. Yeah, he can do whatever you want him to do. And I think something that, that play in overtime – Pointed to me, Andy, was those are the sorts of plays, and certainly as a Notre Dame fan, I saw this You know, every time Pittman played against Notre Dame. Those were the plays he made in college a lot, and that was a big reason why he was drafted right behind T. Higgins with a second pick in the second round in that loaded receiver draft with Justin Jefferson and all those first-round wideouts that year was the high-point 50-50 ball, just throw it up to me and I'll go up and use my physicality and make that play. We haven't seen that enough, and I don't really feel like he's gotten that many chances to do it in the NFL. Obviously, we see Alec Pierce, honestly, probably get a few more opportunities of that, at least early in his career, than, uh, than Pittman, but... Um, Right now, when you're an offense that you know is just kind of okay, where are the consistent playmakers coming from? You know, the run game was so bad in week one. Now Zach Moss has given it a little bit of life. You know, tight ends have been in and out of the lineup. No one really consistently has stepped up there. I think Josh Downs has been pretty consistent so far, but Pittman. You know, to have three straight games of at least eight catches and at least fifty yards. I mean, Andy, for this franchise, you got to go back over over a decade, which yeah, is which is crazy to think about. It it's because unbelievable. It's not like T. Y. Hilton wasn't a great wideout for you. Yeah, I
0: know. And, and listen, Ty is the kind of guy. who's like, I'll go for eighty yards. Yeah, well, to well, hell with four six, catches. Yeah, six, six <laughs> yeah. for ninety, yeah. or I'll five just, for one hundred and twenty. I'll, just fly, I'll yeah. just fly down. I'll just yeah. fly down the field. The other thing, and this is like, I think some fans like this, even though I come at it from the viewpoint, like to compare. And I know it's dangerous to do this, KB, but to compare as well. Uh, the contract conversation around Pittman and the contract conversation around Jonathan Taylor, right? I mean, one guy you have seen what Jonathan Taylor is willing to do, right? I mean, we I mean he is willing to play the injury card, he is willing to play the I want to be traded card, he is willing to play the Twitter card. He's 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 willing to have his agent out there doing stuff. Michael Pittman has been the opposite. Like do we know Michael Pittman? Bigman's agent? I'm just wondering. I, I, I don't. I mean, you may. You may remember. Yeah, I, we could look at we could it. Guy, yeah, I, I we could Google it. Yeah, we could Google it. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm saying there's probably a lot of fans today. The blue-collar guy who's driving to work who's like, Pittman is out there. He signed his deal. He's going to get a deal from the Colts or somebody in the offseason, and you know what he's doing? He's got his ass out there playing football, and that's different than Jonathan. And, and, and I think a lot of people view that as different. Than Jonathan Taylor, who, by the way, we got to get to some Jonathan Taylor talk at some point today. Yeah, and I, at some point.
1: And I'm fine to dive into that. Well, one thing on that front, is certainly, again, I've been a big fan of Pittman. I love the way he's wired. I love how he plays the game. I mean, people that have you know listened to me talk about Pittman have heard this statement a million times. Actually, tweeted out yesterday there's no UFC pretty boy and how Michael Pittman plays the receiver position. There I I don't watch and think like any sort of diva. I mean he yes, is he the most talented? you know is he most talented, you know, number one unquestionable Pro Bowl wideout? No. But again, he plays the game with a presence that I think guys just absolutely love. On the Pittman Taylor contract debate, I think you have to acknowledge Michael Pittman sleeps well at night because he plays the position. That he gets plays a wide receiver, yeah. Jonathan yeah. Taylor doesn't sleep well at night because he plays the position that there's a ton of uncertainty. And I feel pretty confident saying this. There are some notable guys in that locker room, Andy, that if they were playing running back, they'd be doing the same thing Jonathan Taylor is doing. So I, I don't want to act like just because it's Jonathan Taylor that he'd be the only guy acting like that. Obviously, um, you know, injury situation, that remains to be seen. I guess that's the question. On the Taylor front, Andy, if you want to go down that path, Um, because the Shane Steichen comment yesterday, you know, he said a couple of weeks when asked about, you know, Taylor and when he would come off that pup list. Technically, he's eligible to come off it on Monday, but the phrase couple of weeks was thrown in there by Shane Steichen um, just to give everyone a little bit of background on what exactly will happen next week. Again, he's off the pup list on Monday. You have a 21-day window where he's in this kind of, he can practice, he's not technically on your 53-man roster, but he's not totally on the pup list either. You get an exemption for 21 days, and then at the end of that 21-day period, you either have to call him up to a game, or he stays on the pup list for the rest of the season. You can call him up at any point of those 21 days. So, I, I... Great. A three-week story is today going to be the day. Literally, this is something that could linger. Yeah. And do you have that Steichen clip? Yeah, yeah. Okay, play, play I, I, I believe Steichen so. Yeah. On Taylor yesterday, in regards to you know him possibly coming off the pup list in a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, like I said, I'm going to refrain from getting into any of that stuff with uh, JT. But like I said, he'll be you know off PUP or in a couple weeks, and I'll take
3: questions about it.
1: Yeah. Is
0: that? Is he just
1: so used to
0: answering the question that he's, you know, he's moving on from JT? They just got a big win. The Rams are next. There's, you know, you can talk about Zach Moss and the play of Minshew, and he, you know, was just ask about Anthony Richardson. Or is it? Hey, you know, he's not going to play against Tennessee on Sunday, October eighth. That's, I mean, that's the, the conversation. first game eligible. So yeah. again,
1: Tennessee the eighth. Then the week after that, you go to Jacksonville. Then the next two games are home games with the Browns and the Saints. And then you have the trade deadline. That's why I kind of mapped out what the first four eligible games are for Jonathan Taylor. Andy, if Jonathan Taylor comes back and practices next Wednesday, his first eligible practice day, should we be stunned if his game reintegration is not for a couple of weeks? Yes, And because you don't believe that he's hurt? Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely, okay. yeah, yeah.
0: That, that's where I that's so where I say get him back, get him in there. And I mean, yeah, that Sunday against Tennessee, he doesn't have to carry the Duke thirty-two times, but you know, to be in the game and to you know get you know five plus rushes, a couple catches, and to be you know kind of spelling
1: Zach Moss, I don't think that's crazy either, right? So missing fifty straight practices shouldn't weigh into him possibly sitting for a week. Uh, not if he's ready. Not if he's ready, because I'm. But, I'm di- but I think that's the question. Yeah, I, ready I'm, is the question. Because I'm
0: throwing again, out offseason stuff at, at, at some point. I mean, at some point, like I don't. So think- he's
1: missed. He has not participated in NFL practice since December fifteenth, twenty twenty-two. He's had a surgery since then as well. I know we've had all this debate about is he healthy? Is he not healthy? Where is he at ankle-wise? I would say ninety-nine point nine percent of players, if they had missed fifty straight practices they would not come back on a wednesday and play that sunday
0: i guess though do the, do all 50 practices matter. Like I guess some of the 2022 ones and maybe even some of the offseason ones don't matter as much. So let's let's say he doesn't play Tennessee, but let's say he's back out there on that Wednesday, okay? And so he's out there on Wednesday, Thursday, and what Friday, right? He's out there for those three practices, and then you know he doesn't do anything. He doesn't play with Tennessee. He's on the sideline. He's being a good soldier and everything else. And then the Jacksonville week he he's back on that on that Wednesday. That would be the fourth practice. I mean, I guess would that be enough? I guess what's the line to where we say he's missed all of these practices? I mean, does he need four? Is it five? Is its is it two weeks? To me, I don't believe he's injured. And Jonathan Taylor is acting like he's not injured. And so the, the notion that he's injured, I don't think people are buying that like they once did. If that's the case, can he give you something against Tennessee? Or is it okay so he doesn't play? Is it? Can he give you something against Jacksonville. After the Jacksonville game, you'd have what two games until the trade deadline. Yeah, you those and then you'd
1: have Browns and the Saints after that. So three of you include Jacksonville. There's a couple ways to to look at it. You can look at it from the trade standpoint. Of the deadline is October 31st. If Taylor wants to try and prove himself to other teams, wouldn't you think he'd need to get out there as early as possible? I mean, that's, at least a couple games, that's right? That's one way to look at it. And also, he plays a position where you can rotate a lot. You know, you, you can only have half a dozen carries. In a game, I also try to look back at, you know, what's recent precedent for his position in a guy coming back from, and again, let's say the injury in quotes, because we just don't know. Zach Moss participates in the offseason program, participates in the first week, I think week-ish of training camp, breaks his arm, so it's not a lower body injury. Like, I mean, Taylor, we know Taylor had surgery right, right. in this calendar it's year. It's different, right. Moss practiced that whole f- first week, and then they still sat him. They, they waited six practices for Zach Moss for a broken arm. And again, he was cleared to contact right when he got back to practice. He was never wearing a red jersey there. So basically, I bring all this up, Andy, to say I've probably been one that's kind of fallen into the trap of Monday, what is Monday, the 2nd of October or something like that? Yes, it would be. Yes, That is the day that you really, really circle. A week from tomorrow is the first practice day. That's the day you circle. A week from Sunday is the Tennessee game. That's the first game eligible. If you go off what Sykin said yesterday... Maybe we should pump the brakes on exactly when the debut will come. Steichen talks on
0: Thursday next. I, uh, I, Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. I think clarification on that is probably key, and KB, you may be the one that asked that question. I, listen,
1: Chances we get the clarification uh, yeah. are about as good as I think Mason and Max <laughs> running a mile today.
0: <laughs> Maybe me running a mile. I, I just I feel I feel like and he put the video out. I mean, isn't the notion around Jonathan Taylor that if he got a contract he would be it, it wouldn't be about injury, it would be about, you know, knowing the system and every and everything else. It would be those sorts of things. And I kind of feel like he would be able to run the football. I think the thing that we're forgetting This is a weird dude in regards I, 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 to his body. I, I know. I well here's the thing that we're forgetting. What changes, if anything, if Zach Moss isn't hundred percent? I mean, the dude the last two weeks has
1: played every snap and has run the ball 30 times a game. I think that is a super relevant thing to bring up. I mean, Moss played through injury yesterday. Yeah. It, if Zach Moss shows up on the injury report Wednesday, we should not be surprised at all. 30 carries, Andy, for him yesterday. You want to know the most carries he had in a Buffalo Bills uniform?
0: Oh, goodness, he split time. I mean, it had to be, let me say, 21. 14. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he was always in a two- or three-man rotation. I mean, we all watch
1: the NFL enough. 30 carries in today's league just, like, doesn't happen. So, uh, I mean, the Colts went—I looked up yesterday. The Colts went a dozen years, oh five 5 to 17, without a dude having 30 carries in a game. I, I think mean, once, once Edron left, nobody. I know. nobody was. St- Frank Gordon tote the rock. I died in tote the rock thirty times. Any like, tote the rock. I like that. Carry the dude. Die. Et cetera. Et cetera. I, you know. I think also. Can we get an
0: ADDAI or is that going to break <laughs> my voice again? I think what you know, and I don't know which way fans would take this. If you go out there and beat the Rams on Sunday, and you're sitting at three and one, and the AFC South. Obviously, is uh, rather generic that you could, you know, you could have a nice little lead. Does that make you say, okay, we can hold JT out another week, right? Oh, he doesn't need to play Tennessee or is it win or loss? No, I want to see the guy that I bought the jersey of a couple years ago get out there and playing. We know he's healthy. He's putting out videos. Let's at least see him uh, to some extent. And then we haven't even talked about the entire trade Conversation that's around him now. Do you want to hear this? I know we're getting close to the top of the hour here. Adam Schefter was on. E- I mean, he's on ESPN all the time. I think this was with McAfee, and he talked about Jonathan Taylor, the look around the league, and how he thinks JT needs to be in Indianapolis.
3: Well, Darius, you know what's interesting? Yesterday is the Miami Dolphins had everybody in their roster run for over 100 yards. <laughs> yeah, and that was the that was the team of all the teams out there that made the most sense for Jonathan Taylor. But you have to wonder, after a game like that, when the Dolphins are one of those unbeaten 3-0 teams, and they look at it and they say, as great as Jonathan Taylor is, and he's a superstar, why, at this point in time, is Miami going to be willing to give up the compensation that Indianapolis would demand to go get Jonathan Taylor? Again, not that they couldn't use Jonathan Taylor. Every team could use Jonathan Taylor. But are they going to pay what Indianapolis would demand? to give up Jonathan Taylor, and I would say no. So if Miami is not going to give up what it would take, who is? Now let's see if another team suffers an injury, but I think that the place for Jonathan Taylor, the best place for him, is Indianapolis. How
0: about that? The value in the conversation, do you not agree with this? Uh, The value in that conversation around Taylor, I feel like has changed a little bit over the first three weeks of the season and really officially when he went on the pup list leading into the season. Roughly four weeks, I feel like it's changed a little bit. We haven't talked about Taylor, and then on top of it... The Dolphins look like a super team on offense without him. What about Green Bay? I I still think, listen, Green Bay, I still think, I mean, you watch the Ravens. The Ravens got a bunch of nobody at running back. I don't think they're a team, an organization that would do it. Green Bay would uh, continue to be the other team. By the way, I know. are we still running uh, our guy Jimmy Cook, the promo of Christian Watson? Christian Watson has not played. Zero catches this season. Was it that crazy for the Colts to ask for Christian Watson? I mean, was it? I know, I know, I know. He hasn't. Got to catch because he's injured, but you got to be available. I don't know. I mean, it seems like a the Packers are two and one, and you know, very easily could be three and zero without the great
1: Christian Watson. Tim Hasselbeck from ESPN going to join us coming up at nine o'clock. Bob Kravitz at 930. 8 o'clock hour. We'll get more into the Colts conversation. I think certainly something that I failed to mention yesterday. Uh, that was a game for Chris Ballard on Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's not something that we've said here. I think of recent, also the latest on. The Anthony Richardson front. Uh, what is the update on him as the Colts get ready for week four here with the Rams? Getting some rain in the forecast next couple of days. We'll keep you updated on that. It is the wake up call with KB and Andy here on 935 1075, The Fan. All right, hanging on the drivehubler.com studios. Wake Up
0: Call, KB and Andy hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. Tim Hasselback going to join us at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. Bob Kravitz going to join us at 9.30. Uh, KB, have you ever subscribed or have known anyone who has subscribed to the all-22 footage that you can get from the NFL? You can buy it as a fan or a media member. You can buy it. Have you ever? Have you ever done that?
1: Yeah, I've been a member of the NFL. NFL um what is it? PWA, NFL Professional Rider Association. So we did it with like our you know, what do you call it? Not entry fear. Oh, do you? Want we'll to get a password then from me. So yeah. so, yeah. So, you broken down film. You could break down film if you wanted to on Sunday night, Monday morning. Honestly, the only time I've really <laughs> ever used it is like, oh, wait, did Notre Dame have 10 people on the oh, field? Oh, Lord heavens. Um, okay. Moments like that is when I've used it. I mean, I, I probably go watch like a handful of plays of interest, or, so, you know, plays of. You know, right now it's a popular topic. Is Alec Pierce getting open deep, and like the Colts are just not finding him? Like those are some of the things that I think uh, it it becomes pretty, uh, pretty beneficial. Well, it's also like
0: I like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. (laughs) (laughs) He's still in bed. He's still sleeping. He's got a quilt
2: on. He's an old, old No, he's man. probably up now. He's probably about to have lunch.
0: I was about to say he's been up for four and a half say, hours. this is the
1: peak hours for Lou Holtz <laughs> He got right up now. to
2: pee at 2.45 and couldn't go back to
0: sleep. Uh, and it, the reason I ask is uh, the All-22 made its rounds yesterday, and Sauce Gardner, I don't know if you guys happen to see this, Sauce Gardner put out there the All-22 of Mac Jones. There, there was a point in the game where Sauce, after a play, pushed Mac Mac Jones to the ground in uh, what led to that. Mac Jones is viewed, of course, New England Patriot quarterback is viewed as somewhat a dirty player. Mac Jones went below the belt and gave a little cup check to Sauce Gardner. That's, so Mac Jones is like known as a dirty player. That's, yeah, that's like a thing. He's tripped people. He's kind of he's done the Grayson Allen with the tripping and the kicking, uh, and then he went to. Uh, I think he even didn't he have the kick that went up into like the groin area yeah. Yeah. of a defender maybe last the high year. Slide, yeah. yeah the High I'm like slide. I'm picturing
1: TJ Watt. I, I don't know if it was. That's him or exactly. Not.
0: He went high slide like Draymond Green in the NBA Finals. So he's
2: playing the tap game with he with he Sauce pl- Gardner. He played the tap game with Sauce Gardner. He'd be perfect for like a fourth grade <laughs> recess right now. What's the capital of uh,
1: Thailand? Oh bam boom. <laughs> I hope there's a kid
0: in the car going to school, and I hope that kid chuckles it's- at Mark Dykstra and what he just said. I, I hope that I hope there's one family that's chuckling today because of that.
1: Outstanding. <laughs> hey, is that fourth grade? Is that a decent age range? I I can yeah. just see them running around the playground, just trying to hit each other. There. It might be. It might be a little bit older. Might go fifth grade.
0: You know, maybe sixth grade. I don't know. How old are you in fourth grade? Nine years old? Eight years
1: old? Nine or ten? Yeah. Something like that. I have absolutely no idea. Uh, so I figured you guys would like that. One thing that I did not mention yesterday, but I guess indirectly. We did, but I think it deserves individual mention. Um, you talk about a win for Chris Ballard. That to me was Sunday when we are explaining the guys that impacted the most in that game. Obviously, Matt Gay speaks for itself his performance. Your defensive player of the game, the Colts handed out that award. It went to Samson Ebucom. Uh, he continues to do a nice job against, you know, really taking advantage of backup left tackles. Uh, each of the first three weeks, Colts have faced a backup left tackle. Ebukam has made sure that he's made his presence known in that matchup. I think you see a little bit more three-down ability out of him, which was certainly the calling card. And uh, moving on from Yanni Ngakwe and getting uh, Ebukam, obviously Juju Brintz and Josh Downs, your second and third round draft picks, very impactful uh, in their own individual efforts. And... The hiring of Shane Sykin, I, I mean, that is well, a Chris one, yeah. Ballard move. And, and, you know, that's something that I think we could look back on down the road and think it will, could that be the most important move of his tenure? And obviously, the trickle down effect of that isn't an Anthony Richardson draft selection. I think you can make the argument maybe, maybe the Richardson selection doesn't happen. You're not as comfortable with it if you don't make that Stykin hire there. Um, so, certainly, I've been critical and I think understandably critical of Chris Ballard. And I think the six years of evidence proves a reason to be critical of that. But I don't know how you don't watch Sunday and say, you know what? There are a <laughs> lot of key acquisitions in that game that came from him. And one of my biggest gripes, Andy, with Ballard and the roster building approach, it probably kind of hovers around two items. One, I don't think he puts enough emphasis on the premium positions. He, he kind of looks at a very universal of you know all 22 or pretty much in the same boat in terms of how he invests in those, uh, in those positions. And two, when he has made moves in free agency, You can point to a lot of hits. I mean, Stephon Gilmore last year, Mm -hmm. Xavier Rhodes, Eric Ebron, Danico Autry. There are a lot of hits in his free agency history. It's not using it enough, in my opinion, to try and offset some of the roster issues you have, depth issues you could have, those sorts of things. But certainly, if you want to look at Sunday, whether it's the free agent moves of of a gay or of an Ebukam, or it's the draft selections of a Brents or a Downs, or cer- certainly the head coach, and I don't know how you watch Sunday, don't think that Shane Steichen outcoached John Harbaugh in that game.
0: Okay, so is Chris Ballard uh is he is he the kind of guy that's that's, that's smiling right now at everybody Be, because oh, he's I, been because he's been beat up or it is only 3 weeks of the NFL season? Yeah, it, what do we think?
1: It's probably the latter. I think there are some guys in that position in the NFL that they would probably smile. They might yeah. throw out a text or two. Yeah. But I think Chris Ballard <laughs> realizes and understandably so, it's September 26th and you know, I I got this question the last twenty four hours, Andy, and I know you weren't in our market for it, but you know, last year in Week Three, the Colts beat the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously mm-hmm. is a win that stood out, and at the time was
0: it, it crushed eliminators all over
1: the sure, uh, all over the NFL was a big time win, and so some people have been asking, okay, you know, how do you feel kind of exiting that game versus sure. how you felt exiting Sunday? If I were putting my, you know, self in kind of Colts fans' shoes, I would say you feel better this Monday, Tuesday than you did that Monday, Tuesday, and for a couple of reasons. The biggest one, let's look at the entire twelve quarters of this season versus last year. At this point, yeah, you're just been the Chiefs, but you had been shut out in Jacksonville. You were fortunate to get a tie in Houston in Week One. If you look at the first two weeks this this season, you dominated Houston and. You might say you were unfortunate not to get a win in week one over Jacksonville with how that game played out. So, I think the overall 12 quarters, you've played much better this season than you did last season. And then, two, while Baltimore, I think, certainly squandered opportunities to win that game, they didn't squander as many as Kansas City did back in the week three meeting a couple years or last year. Kansas City had some horrific kicking decisions, a huge fumble on a punt. You know, Travis Kelsey dropped one. When does that ever happen? Uh, dropped a touchdown in that game, you know. To me, I think you exited that one, and I thought to myself, "Man, that was just a game where Kansas City made a million mistakes that they will never make again." You know, Baltimore made some mistakes. The Colts, I think, got a fortunate road whistle, but you still went on the road facing a quality, quality quarterback. And you were the smarter team over the course of 60 minutes plus. And I do think that matters compared to a home win where a lot, a lot more I think was gifted for you. Yeah, I I don't know if the word is
0: fluke. Uh, You know, you could use that word. And maybe had a little bit more fluky last year. I remember that game. It was one of the more shocking early season results. There's no doubt about that. I haven't felt that way about the Colts. Listen, I'm a firm believer, and this goes back to our conversation that we had yesterday and we can continue today, preseason stuff. KB is preseason stuff. When the season starts, things happen that that we have no idea. Uh, uh, we're going to happen. I mean, there's only I feel like right now in the league, there's only a few teams that have been pegged correctly. Am, am I wrong there? I, I mean, there's a bunch of two and one teams uh, that you know surprise a lot of people. Mark, I'm not picking on your Bears. I mean, you can. They're bad, but we didn't in the preseason think they were going. I mean, there were NFL analysts picking them to win the division. Yeah, I mean, they regress. Didn't, we didn't know what Jordan. Love was going to be. We didn't know what Indianapolis was going to be. We didn't know what C.J. Stroud was going to be in Houston. We talked about on this show, and we had we had, we had people on talking about the Colts in the AFC South. KB that had Jacksonville in like the top eight nine teams in the I think
1: league. Peter King Adams is yeah, the number one. Seed. I mean, I
0: mean and do, does does Jacksonville look anything like? Uh, like what we saw in the preseason and so like I look at this Colts team and ultimately the data may change on this I want to be clear it may change we're dealing with three weeks and I think they got a great chance they're going to be favored we should look that up favored against the Rams uh, on Sunday back at Lucas one Oil point last night. They're, I'm not surprised by that uh, again that's a pick you like the Colts in that one go make yourself some money they haven't there's nothing fluky about them winning in Baltimore it's unexpected but that's different than just well bleep happens in the league uh, i didn't feel i mean they dominated houston when they had to go and change everything up in the second quarter and then that jacksonville game I, I mean listen if ar is in the game at the end they score a touchdown that's a three point game with the chance with the chance to to get an onside kick and i'm not saying they get that and they tie the game or they win the game but i mean there's there hasn't been a fluke yet with the Colts. And so I'm, I'm just I'm a firm believer that our preseason stuff is often so poor. <laughs> and it's it's no I mean, to me, it's it's so the poorest readjust- in the NFL out of anyone. Should I readjust seven
1: wins for the Colts? Or do you think seven is so good I, I
0: think you might ultimately be the guy who might be more right than anybody. I mean, we're at Bob Kravitz on at nine thirty. He had them booming two or three games and they've done that and it's September, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, I I twenty six the other thing that I keep on coming back to, Andy, about the Colts so far through 12 quarters. We still have yet to really see Anthony Richardson. Oh. You know, and, and and you can look at that, I think, mostly in a positive way. I think the 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 play of Richardson we've seen was pretty good football. And maybe it was a pretty good football from where the bar was. Because if you really boil it down, obviously it was a great first quarter in Houston. There's no denying that. Let's go back to week one, where he did play virtually the entire game against Jacksonville. Really strong first half, methodical passing game, second half really stalled out. You know, there's that stretch there, I think, of one of eight, capped by that interception. So if you look at his one game he's played, it was kind of a tale of two halves Mm -hmm. in a way with him. And now the question becomes, Andy, assuming he does practice tomorrow, assuming he does return to the lineup Sunday against the Rams, we're now back to that. Standpoint, And we're back to it, Andy, with him having dealt with missed time plus injuries. Now, how does he look as a player? It's not like he's returning from a torn Achilles or even a calf injury like Joe Burrow, who clearly is not his normal self right now. But that, to me, is like a new layer to this. So, if, unfortunately, with NFL seasons, you can't just section them off and say, or, you know, I should say group them together, of like, oh yeah, what you are in September is what you are mm-hmm. in December. Baltimore knew all seven of their inactives on Friday. Mm-hmm. They were right. they were incredibly banged up in that game. Obviously, the Colts had some injury situations. Two months from now, it's going to look totally different. Will the Colts have Jonathan Taylor? Will he be full go? You know, where are you at with your quarterback Situation, so it's such a week to week league that we react to in these short, short cycles, and then projecting them out for the rest of the season. You know, if you look at last year, how much would you have pointed to some teams that were one and two at this point of the year and called them big disappointments, and yet the end of the year in the playoffs? I mean, the Colts were five and two with Jacoby Brissett in 2019, and <laughs> we we'll competed a foot race. leading the AFC South, <laughs> and how did that year end? Like, it, and honestly, that. Now that I think about it, that might be the last time they were in sole possession of the first place in the AFC South. Might be 2019 now that I think about it, which they are right now. Heading into week four, that,
0: that that's why gambling on the NFL can be so it can be so d- difficult, right? Like you didn't think the Commanders at home with Magic Johnson in attendance would lose by thirty-four. <laughs> you guys made fun of me for taking Texans eight and a half. You have to kind of leave. You do you do have to leave one week behind. I also feel with Anthony Richardson. You may disagree with this. I I, I don't know. Just because it's the conversation, we spend so much time. Dismissing the win and loss record. And again, again, ultimately, that may be where we end up as this season goes. Okay. But we didn't spend a lot of time even caring about, ah, give me four wins, five wins, six wins, whatever it may be. You went to, you went up to seven, right? Or were you six or seven? Seven. I can't remember. You went Mm -hmm. up to seven. Like we dismissed that. For the most part, and it was all about Anthony Richardson. Richardson now returns, and I feel like there is now more value from the fan base. On the win-loss record. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? At the beginning of the year, it was it's all about you, Anthony. It's all about you. It's all about how you look and how you mature and everything else and how you get better as a franchise quarterback. We so badly need the franchise quarterback that now he comes back after essentially missing a game and a half. The two wins that the Colts have put up back-to-back, and now it's like they enter the Rams game and the win-loss matters. It absolutely matters. This is a winnable game. It's a game. Week four, they're going to be favored in that
1: game. Yeah, I I still can't say that it supersedes Richardson's development. You know, if they end this year with eight or nine wins, yet Anthony Richardson doesn't develop the way that you want him to, and that stunts his ultimate career growth, that's all that matters. Can, can you combine? To me. Can you combine the two here? Sure, because that—that's that's, that's but the curveball that we're dealing with a little bit. Y- y- you could combine the two, but if you're saying which one is more important, I can't live in just this immediate. Like, okay, all that matters this year is Sunday and moving moving to three and one. It's about Richardson. I mean, you didn't draft him. I mean, I I got to sickly recall walking in the press box before the opening. I mean, we're talking five minutes before the Jacksonville game, and seeing one of the easily one of the highest ranking officials in the Colts organization saying, good luck this season, and him looking me directly in the eye and saying, God, we're gonna need it. (laughs) Like... (laughs) <laughs> and then a reference to Anthony Richardson of yeah. like that's that's what matters. Like everyone gets even the highest ranked people in that organization. Obviously Shane Sykin is coaching to win week in a week out. But if you told Shane Sykin right now, hey, Sh- Sh- hey Shane, in your first year, you're going to win four games, but Anthony Richardson is going to be your guy for the next eight to ten years, he'd say, where do I sign up? So I, I understand that we live in these really really week to week cycles, and last season was such a disastrous, embarrassing season on so many levels that the wins should be celebrated. But if you're going to make me pick, wins or Richardson's development, Richardson's what, development 10 out of 10. Listen, I'm with you. What
0: what I'm saying is the win-loss conversation was so dismissed that now fans have got the drug of winning. Now you've got the, okay, we went to Baltimore, and now we start looking at the schedule a little bit different than we did. The second thing I would say is, and this is not against Minshew, the best, listen, Minshew made some plays. He was tough as hell to stay in there when Kyle Hamilton kept getting free runs at him over and over again on Sunday in Baltimore. But Minshew wasn't special. We can agree with with that, right? He didn't go out I mean, you could make the argument he wasn't it, it, good. Uh, well, to be yeah, with I mean, you. he he didn't go out and throw for 415 yards and four touchdowns and run another one in. You're like, well, damn, the Colts won. It's a it's a shot in the dark because they won because Minshew was was that great. Minshew wasn't the story. Zach Moss was more of a story. That defense, Matt Gay. I mean, to me, I get to th- I get to like fourth on the list before I start commending. Uh, you know, before I start commending Minshew. I mean, Minshew pulled an Orlovsky that ended up being a good thing ultimately for the Colts. So Fortune was on his side. My point is, if Minshew, if we get to four or five items down the list, KB, before we get to Minshew, then Anthony Richardson, you should be able to throw Anthony Richardson in, and that doesn't affect Matt Gay and what you're able to do with him. That doesn't affect the defensive line. That doesn't affect a guy like Juju Brents punching a ball out or playing high-level football in now what's going to be his second game on Sunday. I I just, there's there's a way, you're right with it's Richardson over a couple wins. You're, you're, you're spot on with that, but can you, can you marry the two? We never thought this season that would be an opportunity, right? Yeah, the I Pacers didn't feel married that way. The, last season. the Pacers were able to kind of marry the two. You know, postseason team, exciting young team, that sort of thing. I'm not saying playoffs for the Colts, but what I'm saying is now you can now you can get wins and you can bring Anthony Richardson along. You don't have to develop Him and take loss after loss, and that's a fundamental different idea than than what we had until probably Sunday, until they went into Baltimore and won that game.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that you that I should commend Menchu for is he did not turn the ball over Sunday. That was probably the biggest reason why the Colts won that game. Yes, he had the safety. Certainly, there was a ball bouncing on the ground at one point that Baltimore. Absolutely, should have recovered. Hell of an effort by Quentin Nelson and Michael Pittman to get that ball back. Um, and I guess that now becomes the question again with Richardson. Is Andy, once we start getting into Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week, it reverts back to like, oh my gosh, what are we going to see? We've only right. seen him play 60 I, minutes one time. I know. I and, know. And, you know. Even that game, he still exited early. Like that Houston start was so good. Now, after the concussion, obviously you would think that impacted him to some degree. You had two drives that kind of stalled out. He was one of four in in Houston on those two drives after he took that hit following that that touchdown. But now we're back to like, oh yeah, the 21 year old kind of an unknown is back in the lineup and now he's re entering after suffering a notable injury that forced him to miss a game and miss his first, you know, practice time of an NFL regular season. So that to me is like, man, now we're starting to get back into the curiosity and the unknowns of how this is going to unfold and is two and one and playing 12 quarters of really good football. Is that the calling card? I do think one thing, and again, Tim Hasselback from ESPN is going to join us coming up at nine, Bob Kravitz in about an hour. One thing that I feel like is almost going to keep the Colts in every game this season. And yes, you have to acknowledge they have faced some beyond banged up offensive lines this season. That defensive front looks legit, and that is an area, Andy, that can keep you in every single game, because if yeah. you keep points 24 or less, theoretically, you should be in those games, and it's not just they're playing the run well, and they're rushing the passer decently well. Big-time turnover. Someone mentioned to me earlier another name that I should throw out there from Chris Ballard off offseason. Acquisition, really behind the scenes guy, but he did have the ball that, or he did have the hand that kind of punched that ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands on Sunday. Is Taven Bryant, former first round pick, he's a rotational defensive lineman. You rotate a lot of guys up front. Boom, he made a critical play on Sunday. So that group in general, that's one that I think if you were going to say what is the position group in the AFC South that is arguably the most consistent or the best. It might be the Colts defensive line.
0: Yeah, and listen, things, you're right that it's so week to week. Listen, they could go out there and lose to the Rams. <laughs> To the Rams on Sunday, uh, and and we're you know we're all sitting here saying what the hell happened, and you know it was a mirage. What happened Sunday in Baltimore and everything else? Going back just quickly to the Ballard discussion because that's going to be week to week too. Right now, you know Ballard looks pretty good with some of the moves that he's made. A two and one start, and hell, you haven't even totally unleashed Anthony Richardson, which you hope happens this season. I, I would say the one thing I do before we get to our morning checkdown, I would say the one. thing thing that I worry about, and you were mentioning it with Pittman, and this is easy, every team falls into this in the NFL, the Ravens fell into this this past week, is the Colts roster still doesn't have a ton of depth, right? If Pittman missed a game, I mean, good God, there's nobody else there. I mean, yeah. we, that that's what we talked about. Isaiah McKenzie right now is not part of this team really in any way, right? I mean, he's not doing anything right yeah, now. He's Pittman's, barely getting Pittman's off the bench.
1: Pittman's pretty darn indispensable.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Pierce doesn't have great numbers, but he plays... He plays the entire game. Downs is playing what? 70 75 at least percent of the snaps as well. So, I mean that would be the only thing. Right now Bauer looks good. If you have a couple key injuries, that could change. They've already suffered that uh, you know, as it pertains to the quarterback position. I just it's better it's better to be talking about the possibility of merging, hey, we can go win some games with the development of Anthony Richardson, than, hey, Anthony Richardson looked pretty good in Baltimore, and we lost 30-13. to Does that make sense? And that's kind of where I am with this. Can we marry the two, like you mentioned, the Pacers were able to do last season? Team Richardson development. Look at that. Look at that. That's sports talk right there, Mark. Tim Hasselbeck. That's sports talk. At 9. Send it to
1: the
2: Marconis. (laughs) Bob Kravitz (laughs) at
1: 9.30. Uh, We'll get more into the Shane Steichen. You know, we talk about a Chris Ballard hiring of Shane Steichen. I think there's a couple things to point to in Sunday's game that I think stands out as well, why Colts fans should be pretty happy about their head coach here through the first three weeks of the season. Uh, Let's recap Monday Night Football here.
3: The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
1: All right, in the first game last night, Eagles 25, Bucks 11. By the way, I'm all in on the Monday Night Doubleheaders. I'm all in on it. They're going away. You get the Giants and Seahawks next week.
2: I'd rather (laughs) they do the double dip of Monday night and get rid of Thursday night altogether. That way no one plays on short rest. Give me the double dip permanently on Mondays, and no Thursday night. No, I need my Thursday night fix. No. I need my Thursday
1: yeah, night fix. I, listen. I, 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 Monday, to, to hell I
0: with
2: their bodies, Mark. I need my
1: fix. No. I, I don't need a seventh 1 o'clock game on Sunday. <laughs> Turn one of the 1 o'clockers into this Monday night thing. And you know if the NFL is starting to do this? you What's know, that? Like starting to dip their toes into oh, the yeah. two Monday night games, this is going to be more of the norm. And I liked a little bit. It helps on ESPN and ABC, obviously, share networks. I liked when... Either game got in the red zone, they popped that up in the you yeah. know, top right corner yeah. of the screen. Uh, Eagles 25-11 over the Bucks. so they are now 3-0 on the year. Them, the Dolphins, the 49ers, the only undefeated teams left. DeAndre Swift had 130 on the ground. A.J. Brown, 131 through the air. And the second game of the night, kind of a dud, the Bengals win 19-16. Must, must win, really, for the Bengals. They'll pour their start to the season has been the Rams were terrible on third down. Jamar Chase had 141 receiving yards.
2: Joe Mixon with a touchdown. We get one more Monday night double dip. Do you know when that is? Oh, I don't. Is it towards the end is of the it season? Is after all the
1: bye weeks are over?
2: Week 14, Monday, December 11th. They're both at 8.15, so one's going to be on ESPN, huh. one's going to be on, ES- on ABC. Uh, Titans at Dolphins and Packers at Giants.
0: <laughs> i mean the titans can't score against the browns oh my god the dolphins they put up 10 points in the first quarter the game's over that just screams like mike vrabel's titans somehow win the game somehow somehow just ryan tannehill limping to the finish line Now, mark i
1: think part of the long wait in the another double header from monday night is you know this week we start london Next Mm -hmm. week, there's London. And then we start to get into bye weeks. Mm -hmm. So then you don't have as many games to choose from. But I think in the full slate weeks, weeks two, weeks three, you just mentioned week 14. uh, I assume that's post-bye weeks. I think we could get back
2: into that. Yeah, I'd it, like to avoid the uh, where, where they do like the four or fifteen starts, and there's like two games on. We need to always have at least three. I'd say.
0: Well, that's the thing you sacrifice. I would agree. That, that when you add a Monday night game and right. you're going to have a Thursday game, you're sacrificing that four o five four twenty five window can be a dog window. Just eliminate I mean it
1: can eliminate a one o'clocker.
0: Listen, I, I'm, with you. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm. I'm good on that. All right, let's go to baseball real quick. Pretty quiet yesterday. Arizona, though, uh, not quiet for them. Losers to the Yankees. They lose two out of three there in the Bronx, and they have now lost all of their padding, if you will, for that second wild card in the National League. Uh, They still, though, are ahead. I don't know what kind of technicality over the Cubs. So it goes Philly, obviously five ahead, then Arizona. Chicago, that's what the the wild card would look like. Miami a game back, and the Cincinnati Reds, two in a half back as we head into a pivotal final week-ish here in Major League Baseball.
1: So five games to the Reds, you got to go five and zero, right? If you're two and a half back, uh,
0: yeah, I think I think you do have to go five and zero. Like four and one, you would need a miracle. Uh, Hunter help. Green on the bump tonight. Gosh, Pull we, him in the sixth inning. We throw him again. <laughs> He'll be a no-hitter, Mark. He's at 60 pitches. Pull him. <laughs> Pull he's at 65 pitches in the seventh. He's a no-hitter. He's got a perfect game. Let's get him out. Let's save him Gotta for rest next year. Got to rest him. Gosh. Let's I got one it, for you. Think
1: about my fandom, The as mad I was about that. Marcus Freeman, 10 players in the field, and then
2: the Reds blew a 9-0 lead the other night. <laughs> that was At, a pretty remarkable Saturday night for you. It really I'm was. glad Andy
1: has some sympathy for me. Oh, man. Right now. Uh, last thing, Colts front. Again, Shane Steichen, the update on Anthony Richardson. Didn't get into too, too much from a detail standpoint. Continues to progress well. Yes, he remains a concussion protocol. The only way he gets out of that is by practicing. So I was not surprised to see that news at all. Him and Ryan Kelly both have to practice to get to the final steps of the concussion protocol. I know we mentioned earlier Jonathan Taylor is eligible to come off the pup list on Monday. Another name that is eligible to come off the injured reserve list is Jelani Woods. So tight end-wise, it's been a little bit... I think it's actually been pretty inconsistent with that group. Through the first three weeks, no one has really been super number one, consistent target there. Jelani Woods is a guy a lot of people pegged for that. Hamstring injury has caused him to miss a lot of time here In the offseason, so we'll see where he is at starting next week. All right, on the other side, you want to get into some overreactions as well? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we have a half an hour here. What, Tim Hasselbeck joining us at 9 o'clock today? Correct. Bob Kravitz at 9 30. Also, what should Colts fans like about what Shane Steichen did on Sunday? We'll touch on that as well. Good Tuesday morning to you. Thanks for tuning in to the wake up call with KB and Andy. All
0: right, tons we can dive into here. Guys, don't have to bear with me on one item. That I'm not sure. I want to ask you a question, but I'm also, uh, and our boss David sent us some sound we can even play later on if you would like to. I have now hit the wall on the Taylor Swift conversation with Travis Kelsey. Have you guys done the same?
2: You've hit the wall. It's I, been one day. No, it's been oh a couple days. It's been a couple you days. Buckle up, Buttercup. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm with you, Andy. So, you, so as a show, we we
0: understand that we might have to mention it, but I'm now done with it. Uh, Bill Belichick is fielding questions and giving cute answers. And the old Belichick never would have done that, KB. He would have been surly. He He's would getting have said, soft. "Yeah, exactly." He's getting soft, and they're one and two. The old Belichick would have been three and zero, oh, not dealing with yeah. Mac Jones and a bunch of bums. He needs to channel
1: Lou Holtz right now. He
0: needs to channel something. Uh, so that is out there. And as I say that, I'm going to be hypocritical. Taylor Swift absolutely left the Kelsey family suite in a popcorn machine. Have you, see, have you seen any of this? No. Now I'm no. very confused. You mean they Okay. Liter- so, you know where there's a sweet entrance. You know, Lucas Oil has one, I'm sure, uh, whether it be the VIP suites that you go in or any of the media suites. There's a sweet entrance, right? There's an elevator. There's a guy, man or woman, taking a ticket, welcoming the, the, the big wigs in when you go to an NFL game. Okay. The Chiefs fans knew... Which out el- they know the elevator of why wouldn't you know right. the elevator? Taylor Swift never emerged from that elevator. Other people did. The Kelsey family, the other luminaries, the other family members, the other VIP people that were there up in the sweet section. Okay, I happen to know. I have I have been around that suite section Ooh, in Arrowhead. Look at oh, that. Oh, okay, so there's an elevator that goes up and an elevator, and that's in, it's okay. Listen, as far as I know, that is it. Around the time that everyone was emerging from the game, a tall, about as tall as you, KB, popcorn machine emerged from the elevator, and everyone thinks that she was in the popcorn machine uh, or the the food-carrying whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, like hospitals, those big tall things, they have all the trays in. They were hiding Taylor Swift so she would not be seen in Kansas City.
2: Get over yourself, Taylor. No, I mean, I don't come know. on. That, I'm looking at that oh, now. That, yeah. She's a tall girl. I don't think she's fitting in that thing. she to hunch down a little bit. She'd to me, curl up. It's like David Copperfield assistant. You'd have to be like <laughs> bent over backwards to get in that thing. Yeah, I, I haven't seen this
1: picture yet, but to me, this seems like a very smart idea. Why, why would the security team ever want her on an elevator with like random fans? <laughs> I've been on an elevator with Belichick. Really? Yeah. Belichick's how did that go? He had a
0: family member play uh at uh at U uh, of L played oh i forget i think it was field hockey and so he was in town for a game and he caught like a thursday or a friday night acc game it might have been when ty hilton was at central florida with blake bortles i don't i i just can't remember international was it florida international okay that's what i couldn't remember you've been on an elevator with is belichick probably probably belichick yeah at that point he was belichick remember he was going
1: through everything uh, most famous person I've been on an elevator with. Uh, That's a great question. I don't know. Andrew Luck? Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, feel like better? Better. I feel like mine's better. feel like mine's better there. No, oh, right? yeah, I'd much Belichick. rather be on an elevator with Belichick. Yeah. What about you, Mark? Did I miss this picture? you Swift have one? No, uh, nah, we where, can find There's video.
0: Find well,
2: it's video. Yeah. I mean, just 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 type it in Google Taylor Swift. When I was Popcorn work- machine? Popcorn machine. When I was working for the Bears right out of college, I was doing game days and I was on the elevator with uh, Joe Buck. And then another elevator was Cody Rhodes, who's a wrestler. Oh we yeah, we interviewed him, so he was in the elevator with me. Okay. That that's not, that's not bad. Don't they tell salespeople to have a pitch that's an elevator
0: pitch? If you're in an elevator with Cody Rhodes, you can pitch him uh whatever you're selling in, you know, thirty seconds mm-hmm. or forty seconds yeah. or twenty seconds or whatever. Are you seeing the popcorn
2: machine over there?
1: Yeah. I really hope she's in there.
2: <laughs> me too. I'm sold that she is. I'm sold that she At is. At least it's a it's a good uh, you know, ploy like for Topsies. This is property of Topsies and it's got the phone <laughs> number right there. So, it is good. Their business should be booming after this.
1: We will not get any Taylor Swift signings
2: at Lucas Oil this year.
1: Colton Chiefs not on the schedule. Is she we done need, with
2: her tour? We need Anthony
1: Richardson. We,
0: we need Anthony Richardson to uh to to date someone of high profile. I don't know who that would be, but that's what we need from him. So, Anthony, get it done.
1: You've had, you've had
2: time with the concussion.
1: It was get a it done. Pop star we can Someone sent me some crazy rumor yesterday, Andy, I and I, I feel it, like you, you would have been all over this if it was true that okay. Richardson was with Will Levis' ex.
0: <laughs> well, no, we haven't talked about that. That was Morgan Wallen, Whoa. right? You saw that. She went to a Morgan Wallen concert
1: and got backstage.
0: And then they broke
1: up. Mm hmm. Would you love the Anthony Richardson story?
0: <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? How would, You would not want to lead with that at seven I'm like, no, KB, listen. The Colts have won eight straight. It doesn't matter. It's, this is the story that we have to lead with.
1: Something we talked about yesterday. <laughs> Again, I think a little bit more you've seen from Shane Steichen already from yeah. an accountability standpoint. But, you know, the, those little timeout games we've seen him play within each of the last two games. You know, getting Baltimore to call a timeout they didn't want to. Getting Houston to do the same thing. I think those are little in-game management items, Andy, that I was curious if Steichen would be able to properly handle within a game. You got a ton on your plate as a play caller. And those are little moments that, again, they might not pop up as huge difference makers in a you know two-score win against Houston or in the first half of a game against Baltimore that didn't involve any kind of late half scoring. But that is something that what, by doing that, Shane Steichen has now made the L.A. Rams this week have to prepare for that for an extra five or ten minutes. And that stuff just kind of builds up. I think it stresses out an opponent. Um, I think it forces teams to say, oh man, uh, no, we we would like to do that, but you know, what if the Colts counter with this? We know they've got stuff up their sleeve. What else do they have up their sleeve? I think it just makes an opponent either prepare and or play the game a bit timid. And oftentimes I feel like the Colts haven't dictated enough to their opponent. They haven't been the one in control of, no, we're going to do these things and you have to react to us. And I think Steichen brings more and more of a presence of, no, 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 we're going to do the actions and you've got to react to us. And I think that's a critical piece to, I don't know if intimidating an opponent is the right way to say it, Andy, but I think it's just critical from a preparation standpoint. I think it causes a little bit of seed of doubt into the opposing sideline. And in a game where John Harbaugh is known as the much better game manager, or certainly a very accomplished game manager, Shane Steichen outmanaged him. And his team was more prepared for the elements. They handled things better. The clock management decisions that arose in that game, Baltimore was certainly not ready for that. And I think if you're a Colts fan, you got to be really, really happy about that aspect to it. Because in the NFL, we know how critical all of those moments can be over the course of 17-game season. Okay, so this
0: might happen to to you at the Bowen household in a few years where the kids are going to be battling about something, right? And and maybe Max says, Rosie, you know, don't hit me, don't touch me. And she puts a finger right up to his face, right? Not touching him, but just being annoying. That's what Steichen is doing when he rushes that team out, the offense back onto the field to make you burn a timeout. That's what he's doing. He's, he's being annoyingly Little brother, whatever you want to, whatever you know, whatever you want to say, that's kind of what he's being. The question I have, and it's twofold: him being an offensive guy, does that make does that make his game management management skills better? Yeah, that's a because, good point. Because yeah. I feel it, I feel it does. Yeah. I don't know if there's any empirical research on that. I feel it. That's number one. The number two, when they come out of the timeout, Baltimore calls the timeout. And they're going to kick the field goal and then they, you know, then they switch then they do another switcheroo and they put Matt Gay out wide. Do they ever snap the ball? Well, do, do they ever go the full way and say we're going to do the
1: full trick play instead of just the gadget stuff before the snap of the ball? If they do in Idaho, Chuck Pagano would say, "Thank you for <laughs> relieving a little bit of the fake punt call that I had in 2015." He went to Italy. For, for for a moment, yeah, Chuck was in Italy. Do you see uh, that with Ray Lewis and Jared Johnson, right on a bike trip? I think that was it. He was talking about the he's talking
0: about the wine and the in the cheeses and all the food that he had and how they got a Chuck Pagano uh, <laughs>
1: screams Italian mafia. <laughs> you said it, not me. He really does. He really does. But no, in, in all seriousness, I, I do, th- yes, annoyance Andy, sure, but again, it also makes an opponent now have to think twice about a couple of, you know, in-game items, and I do think those things add up, and there will be a game this season that we point to, to where that becomes the difference in the win or loss. Let's, let's play out this hypothetical here. Let's say the Ravens would have fallen on that punt late first, or uh, fallen on that fumble that Minshew had late first half. They would have been in prime scoring mm-hmm. shape, but they also would have been without one of the timeouts they used earlier in the first half. So all of a sudden, if that plays out and they need a timeout there late in the half to try and score a touchdown, and they don't have it, boom! That that three points that could have been seven, is just three. And does that four-point swing matter? And would that extra timeout have mattered there? We've brought up the Zay Flowers fair catch. Again, for those that missed it, Gardner Minshew steps out of bounds for the safety. It was a blessing in disguise, as crazy as it sounds. Instead of Rigoberto Sanchez punting from his own end zone at that point of the game, he gets off a 62-yard punt, but more importantly... The clock had shown 158. The officiating crew went back and put five seconds on it after Minshew had stepped out. So now it's 2.03, which means the two-minute warning is still alive. Baltimore does not communicate to their rookie, Zay Flowers, of, Hey, man, we told you do a fair catch because we thought the two-minute warning was already done. We don't want to risk a fumble. Now... Ideally, we'd have you run around for three seconds, which he had room to do. Which by the he way. had plenty of room plenty to of do, room. thanks to Sanchez booming at sixty-two yep. yards. So at that moment, there, all of a sudden, Zay Flowers he calls for a fair catch, thinking they're still one fifty-eight. The coaching staff did not relay that to him, and that was a huge, huge play. So um, that those are just little intricacies that Andy. I know there's more in Shane Steichen's bag too. Like a, th- th- there's more of that in there that I'm curious to see how all of that continues to play Uh,
0: out before we take a break here we can do overreactions on the other side busy nine o'clock hour Tim Hasselback coming up at the top of the hour in about 15 minutes uh is this worth asking Shane Steichen and I don't know if you will want to do this I am interested in this though I need to go back to the spray Yeah, get a spray get a spray you didn't spray since what 7.05? Seven oh five? I mean it's you've only, been a, you've been over an hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes almost.
1: It's only the second spray.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean you sprayed twice an hour at least, if not three times yesterday. You're on uh, the mend. Yeah, you are. You guys have seen the Sean McVeigh. He's got a uh what a photographic memory. Oh, I thought you were gonna go you've seen Sean McVeigh's wife. No. What are you looking at my Instagram? Did I give you? Did I give you my bad, my username and password? But you guys have seen the videos that he's done, sure, right? Sure. Where it's like, go back, you know, eight years ago, you were a coordinator for whatever, whatever quarterback, whatever team. How much of that does Steichen have? I want to know. I, I think because I bet he has some. Yeah, I yeah. bet he does.
1: I mean, I think intellectually he is extremely bright and like crazy football bright. Yeah, I mean, he's a football nerd. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, McVeigh,
0: a photographic memory is something that I wish I had. I yeah. mean, obviously, who doesn't? I don't know if I'd be an NFL coach, though, with it. I'm not sure what I would do with it. Might be a doctor or something like that. Can you imagine reading a book one time, leafing through a book, KB, and you just know everything that's in that book? I had a buddy in college who I'm pretty sure had a photographic memory. He's an eye doctor now. But do like you he see the Valedictorian? Like he wouldn't like he wouldn't study very much. He likes to like read through stuff one time and go in and like ace test.
1: Like how do you do that? Yeah, talk about being born on third, third base. Third base yeah. there. Yeah. Now so like Jim he Harbaugh was talking about Ryan Day. Uh, Kevin <laughs> Bowen was so uh, back this is col- short This
0: is college. Yes. Yeah, this is
1: not high school and homecoming. <laughs> Tim Hasselback from ESPN in <laughs> 10 minutes. Bob Kravitz at 9:30. It's wake up call with KB and Andy here on a Tuesday. And yeah, yeah, Tim
0: Hasselback gonna join us top of the hour. Bob Kravitz going to join us at about nine thirty or so. You know, I'm just looking at uh, a couple things and we we have an hour and five minutes here. We can dabble into some of it, but do you guys think Jacksonville is the most disappointing team in the NFL? right now. Not the worst team in the NFL. There are teams that are worse than the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, I mean, people like you mentioned, Peter King had them in the AFC Championship game, being a one seed, being a two seed, something like that. Are they the worst, Are they the most disappointing team in the league right now through three
1: weeks? I would not say that. I, I would say you'd probably put Cincinnati up there. I think you put the Vikings up there at 0-3. Okay. Um, and, I mean, if you look at Jacksonville so far, they lost Obviously, in a big, big way to Houston. I don't think losing to Kansas City is anything to apologize for. And they beat the Colts on the road. So, I don't... No, I don't, I don't go there. I mean, honestly, maybe just how ugly things have been for Chicago or Denver... I mean, that would even rank up there, but I, I'd still put, like, Minnesota and Cincinnati. I'd say the
2: Vikings. They're coming off a 13-win season last year, and the, all, yeah. like, all they really did was they just got rid of Dalvin Cook, and they look atrocious.
1: You know, a lot of people thought last year was a bit flukish with all the one-score wins they had. This year, it's kind of been the reverse. Waters mm-hmm. found its level there with... Um, a ton of one-score losses.
0: Yeah, and then I want to ask him as well. Is it crazy the idea that the Jets go get Kirk Cousins? Because ESPN and everyone else, it's like they're contractually obligated that they still have to talk about the Jets, even though the Jets are being left for dead. I mean, they just are. You see that. They're 1-2. and two. Is, is Them moving and trying to get Kirk Cousins, is that even realistic in your mind? So, like, this would happen now? Like, in season? Yeah, like, well, that's what I'm saying. It, I mean, that's the national media is, hey, if you can't care and even the local New York media if you care about you know because they have a supposed loaded team right around them. that was the point you just need a quarterback that Zach Wilson is so bad that you can I mean Kirk Cousins they're 0-3 Minnesota's done right I mean they're done but that would be Minnesota just packing the season in on all their season ticket holders and everybody else
2: are you done in the NFC North yeah I don't think you're done in that division
1: well, that would be the, that would be the question. Are you done in the uh, Are you done in the, the NFC North? Quite the message to send to Justin Jefferson as he approaches a new contract. Well, not um, to mention all your fans
0: and season ticket holders and everybody else. I would say at zero yeah, three, you. I would say you are
1: done because I think the Lions and Packers are a great deal yeah, better I mean, than like, Minnesota. What's the wild card looking like in the NFC? Okay, the Eagles or the Cowboys, and then who? I mean, the second and third wild card spots in the NFC are going to be Yeah, I mean, how, how
0: much do you believe in the Saints?
1: How much do you believe in anyone in the, I mean, the NFC Saints South? Saints are going play without Derek Carr now for the I next think, few weeks. I think like, Seattle's
0: a playoff team for whatever it's worth. I picked them record? to be a playoff team. You know,
1: like, are they going to win 9 or 10? 10, ten, I, ten I, and I, 7, probably. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're looking at. I think it'd be way too early to bail. And again, if I'm not mistaken, I think all these losses have been one score so far on that end. All right, on the other side, Tim Hasselback from ESPN joins us. Yeah,
0: Tim Hasselbeck going to join us in just a second. Reminder, Bob Kravitz will join us at 9.30 and as always hanging out in the DriveHubler.com studios getting you uh, still basking Colts winners over the Ravens on Sunday and then uh, tomorrow morning I would imagine at some point we switch everything to Colts and Rams Sunday uh, back in Lucas Oil Stadium. Let's talk some football uh, from a national level. Tim Hasselbeck joins us from ESPN. Tim, a very good morning how are you sir
5: i'm doing great thanks for having me
0: on well thank you so much for joining us i guess let's start locally and then kind of branch out nationally uh here the colts two and one quite the win on sunday that's got everyone uh obviously i don't know if you want to say surprised but excited no doubt what have you made of the quick start from indianapolis and then what have you made of the afc south with jacksonville and tennessee sitting at one and two through through the first three weeks
5: well, I would agree with your assessment. Probably a, a surprising, you know, win just based on like what the expectations were for Baltimore, and then obviously the fact that you know, been an injury at quarterback, and you're playing a new quarterback, and all that. So, I, I thought it was a great performance, um, you know, in not ideal conditions. Um, you know, with the rain and everything else, um, you know, against Baltimore. So, you know, that definitely was an encouraging sign for the Colts. There's no question about it. And then, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the rest of the division, um, look, I mean, probably one of the more disappointing efforts uh, from this past weekend was, uh, you know, how the Jacksonville Jaguars played against the Houston Texans and the Titans have, you know, had three weeks where, Horrible one week, pretty good the next week, you know, horrible the next week. So, um, I think that if you are in the AFC South and, uh, you've seen, uh, you know, how wide open it can be, I think some of the probably preseason projections on what that division would look like, uh, I think you probably have to maybe reassess it.
1: Tim, we'll get a better idea tomorrow if Anthony Richardson will make his return here in Week 4. From what you saw to him in Week 1 and, I guess, a little bit of Week 2, or even just your thoughts on the draft pick of when it happened, uh, w- what have been your early impressions of the Colts' rookie quarterback?
5: Yeah, listen, I think it's a really risky draft pick. You know, when I could be one of these guys, that changes how I felt about it when it happened. I think anytime you draft somebody who... Um, you know, doesn't have a ton of experience playing the position as a starter, and I mean, it's a projection draft pick. And so, listen, sometimes that can work out great, and then other times um, it cannot end up working out. So, um, you know, saying all that, like, look, I, I've always felt like Trey Lance just hasn't played enough football since leaving high school. I mean, that's how that, that was my always been my assessment of Trey Lance versus you know somebody that you know has got 40 starts under their belt the time they leave high school to the time they get to the pros so uh, I think it's a uh, it was a projection draft pick not saying all that I actually think he's handled it great so far I I think he's looked more comfortable than um, I anticipated him looking there's going to be good and bad plays for everybody and so um, you know, when that happens, I don't think it means that everybody's got to hit the panic button and say, oh, like, this is who he is as a passer right now. I think he'll continue to get better. I think it's important for him to play. Um, and then, then I would say this. I think in terms of what's been done so far with the offense, meaning the, the combination of design runs that are clearly in the game plan for him, as well as the willingness to say, look, we are going to throw the football. We do understand that, look, there's going to be some really good plays with it and there's going to be some bad plays with it. I think it's been the right approach. And so I think all in all, I think it's been a very encouraging start, concussion notwithstanding, uh, for Anthony Richardson.
0: Tim, Tim Hassebeck joining us from ESPN. He's hanging out uh, on the Payless Liquors Hotline on this Tuesday on the fan. You know, so much. Uh, there's so much good with Anthony Richardson, so much excitement, but he exits early after starting yeah. pretty damn good, uh, you know, pretty damn well against Houston. And then he's out last week as well. So it's like we want to see him get back out on the field. And so the last week it's been, well, how can he alter? How can they change things uh, around to keep him safe safe, and maybe that's Stike, and maybe that's Anthony Richardson knowing when to slide, getting out of bounds, and those sorts of things. As a former quarterback, I mean, how much of that is possible to a certain extent? AR is going to be who he is. Where do you come down on that debate on him changing a little bit on how he's going to play, given that he's missed you know pretty much half the season already?
5: Yeah, I think the hard part on is this. The play where he gets hurt, I mean, what do we want to coach him to do? You right. know, would be like, if I'm sitting in that meeting and it's like, all right, we're without our starter. Okay. Like what could we have done differently here? And the answer is I, I want to coach him to do anything differently. You know, it's, it's a play at the goal line. It's a scoring play, which means it's impactful to the outcome of the game. He gets tackled and just because of how he gets spun around, you know, the back of his head slams against the ground. And like, did we want him sliding feet first on the two yard line? Like, what what do we want him to do? You know, would be the discussion that's going on in, in the in the meetings about, all right, how are we coaching this young player? So, look, the, and listen, maybe this resonates with your listeners. You know, when my brother was with the Colts and Andrew Luck was taking too many hits, and they were trying to figure out, okay, like how do we how do we take some of these hits off of him? You know, the the coaching point, the thing that was said was. All right, here's what we know we can do. We don't want to take away courage in the pocket. Andrew was an excellent runner, so you don't want to take away, you know, Andrew's ability to take off and scramble. But what you did want was less adventure and throwaways. So think about it. Offensive, you know, you drop back the pass. Play doesn't define itself to you. You escape outside the pocket. That is an area where we say, you know what? We're fine missing some big plays. Go ahead and put it in the stands. Like, we don't need to take those four extra hits in a game on when it breaks down, and you're trying to escape, you're not sure, boom, quickly make the decision. So I think that that is a great approach with a young player is you say, all right, what area can we affect it with? Like, all right, less adventure on throwaways. So you, you, you throw it away sooner and we're getting rid of it. And what that does is that doesn't take away the touchdown play that, that we're talking about where he was injured. It doesn't take away just getting contacted in the pocket because you're throwing the ball down the field. And so I think that you have to start small that way so you're not taking away... Some of the best
1: things that he does as a player. Okay, he's with ESPN, obviously former NFL quarterback. He is Tim Hasselbeck. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers hotline. Tim, I, I don't know if there's a lot of validity to it, but you know, whatever. Colts fans have said, hey, Colt, you know, Gardner meant you to the Jets. I, I'd certainly give up whatever <laughs> round pick and you know, happily uh, you know, trade Gardner away. I maybe not going down that path, but going down the Jets path. if you were there and you know had some say in what you do quarterback wise. What would be your move here after three weeks?
5: Yeah, I would be more interested that uh, I'd be more interested in guys that are on rosters somewhere than I would be the guys that are on the street. So, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, you know, guys you guys know, you know, in terms of where they've been and where they're in their career. I would be more interested in, um, you know, Mike White. Maybe it is Minshew. Maybe it is Um, you know somebody else that that is on a roster somewhere that that would be my approach Um, I also believe that you know the the Jets at this point like I think I think how I would coach the position is a little bit different I feel like they've made Zach Wilson scared and you know, that, that part of it for me is like, I don't think you can play the position that way. I just, I don't. And to be honest with you, like like Jameis Winston would have been a guy that that I would have been interested in obviously prior to the car injury. So there is an element in in that situation with Winston where I would say, listen, I think, you know, I think maybe sitting around not being willing to to do something right away, maybe prevents you from getting James Winston. So, Look, that would be my, my approach to it. But I also think, like, in terms of Zach Wilson, listen, I, I think part of it is, like, listen, grow up, Zach. Like, we need you to grow up. We're not going to put the training wheels on you. Like, we're cutting this thing loose. Because you're not going to win by having the training wheels on him, trying to coach him scared of, of not making the mistake that, that loses the football game. I, I don't think you can do that. Stinks that you're in the situation that you're in because of what happened to Aaron. But I, I don't know that you can. I don't know that you can play scared because of it all.
0: Tim Hasselbeck with us here Tuesday on the Fan. Uh, the Dolphins dropped seventy points. Tim, they dropped seventy points in an NFL game. What was the worst loss you suffered, and what do you think that locker room was uh, with Denver after the? You know, they didn't tackle anyone for basically three fourths the game.
5: Oh, man, the worst loss. Well, I, I think I hit like a, a bowl game against Colorado. Um, I forget what the bowl game was called at the time. It was like maybe like forty-nine to seven or okay. something. Or I mean, it was bad. I'm sure I've been on some other lopsided ones as well. Look, that that, that was part of it. But like, you know, I, my mom was Scott Van Pelt on Sunday nights, and you know, we're sitting there and we're kind of talking about the situation. And we're like, hold up, they scored seventy <laughs> points. <So> it wasn't <laughs> like it was like. Fifty to seventy, it was seventy. Like they beat them by fifty. So, yeah, you know, I think that like it was like there were so many elements of that that were humiliating. And then, like looking back on, it's it like, look, Mike White came in the game and threw a touchdown <laughs> yeah. pass to Robbie Chosen. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know he was still in the league, so that was that was awful. Um, like I'm stunned at how bad the the Broncos have been, and. Um, I think Mike McDaniel right now seems like he's a step ahead of everybody else.
1: Yeah, they didn't score in the final eight minutes of the game. Uh, oh, they could have scored. And they still scored 70. They, they
0: easily could have went over 80. Okay, I think I see it, Tim. The 1999 Insight.com Bowl. Uh, Let's go. They, What was it? It was 62-28. to 28. Oh, You what? lost That's to Colorado.
5: I mean, <laughs> I, well,
4: sorry. I, oh, we
5: had. I stopped counting at 49. Evidently they like,
1: I think I threw a couple of those scores, but to the other <laughs> <piece. laughs> team. I'll have to get the box score. Tim, last <laughs> last one from me. Um, I think Colts fans really enjoyed the three years that your brother spent here backing up. Andrew Luck, he obviously got some playing time. I'm curious, when you two talk about your various stops in the NFL, your guys' experiences, uh, what are your brother's impressions of his time here in, in Indy?
5: Oh, I tell you what, he loved his time in Indy. And, you know, I think it was kind of a unique time where, you know, Andrew gets there and, um, you know, the team all of a sudden becomes good fast <laughs> because he was, you know, so talented. So I think between Chuck Pagano and, um, you know, in his time with Andrew, I think he really, um, he really liked it. In fact, so much so, I think his his family was really considering kind of making that, home for good. Um, I mean, that's how much he he enjoyed being there. Um, And then in terms of, you know, my conversations with him, honestly, like, I think probably the highlight for me would have been that Thursday night game against Houston where, I know how sick he was. It was basically, you know, he'd been poisoned by Chipotle. And uh, I believe
1: his quote after the game was, "It was coming out of the basement and the attic." It, yeah, if,
5: it was. Yeah, it was coming out of the basement. Yeah, uh uh-huh. exactly right. Just to, just to paint T. the full Hilton. picture for people yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hit Ty Hilton on a. Uh, you know, on a deep ball to kind of end the game with the football and stuff. And so, you know, I think it was somewhat surprising how much he played there, but I think that also was a product of that era that you guys are all familiar with in terms of, you know, how much Andrew was getting hit. And, you know, because of that, you know, the – the older QB mentor that was signed to, to just be a mentor ended up in the
1: lineup. <laughs> yeah, Matt Housebeck not going to be a brand ambassador for Chipotle anytime soon. But, yeah, that was a hell of a game on Thursday night football as he iced that one to TY. Tim, great, great stuff. Always enjoy you on ESPN and even calling games. I'm a big Notre Dame fan, so when you Ugh. get some ACC games in there, I do enjoy uh, Tim sure. as well. I know the Boston College guy isn't going to like that. But uh, yeah. thank you for the time here on this Tuesday morning. Appreciate it, Tim. Uh, CFL. It's good to be on with you. Tim Hasselbeck right there on the Payless Slickers hotline. Boy, I remember that Thursday night game vividly. <laughs> Colts, I that. Texans, fault, Andrew Luck out due to a shoulder issue. And Matt Hasselbeck, and he said it very ac- – well, I, I assume accurately, I should say, but painted quite the picture post game <laughs> and saying, it's coming out of the basement in the attic all Thursday. <laughs> Uh, I think Josh Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, was the backup. Who I I
0: think got signed? Like I think he got signed last week or this week. Earlier this week, Josh Johnson's on a roster somewhere. Was he in the 49ers lineup in that (laughs) NFC title game? I feel like he
1: was. Well, he was. He
0: was. He got injured. Right? He came in the game and got injured, and then uh, Christian McCaffrey had had to do that. I mean, the only hey, I gotta go to the bathroom. Lamar Jackson was last year. Remember when he was waddling back to the locker room? At some point, you remember that, don't you? It was last sure. year, wasn't it? Uh, and so you think of Hassleback. I'm, I'm I'm surprised that's something that's not happening all the time. Remember Chipotle as well; they shut down for an entire day. As a
1: company so they could go over coli action. Yeah, right? so they
0: could go over cleaning procedures.
1: I mean, it was unbelievable. And Hasselbeck I, threw I just a perfect ball to T. Y. Hilton there to ice that game That's in Houston. Great. That's great. On Thursday night football. Yeah, some vivid, vivid memories. And just my <laughs> conversations with Matt Hasselbeck. I always enjoyed it. Um, so thank you to Tim. Thank you to ESPN for getting him on again. Bob Kravitz going to join us here. In about 15 minutes. Boy, you talk about a college football program that's fallen off, though. Boston College.
2: <laughs> I mean, they had a nice little run there at yeah. one point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't
0: know what you want me to do with that. No offense. Well, it's I was just moving no ain't walking
2: through that door yeah, anymore.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thinking about Tim Dillon, and, I don't yeah. know,
1: the ACC. I mean, with Matt Ryan and company, they were ranked, what, two or three in the nation? At, yeah. At one point there, the Luke Keekley years, they had a decent run, so...
0: Not anymore. Yeah. They're 1-3 and three on the season. They lost by 28 at Louisville on Saturday, uh, and then they lost to Florida State. That was a close game by 2, and they lost to uh, Northern Illinois. They did beat Holy Cross by 3. Yeah, they barely beat Holy they Cross. They beat Holy Cross 31-28. They needed their Holy Cross. Say
1: no football. more on that. One
0: thing, uh, I know we Should didn't... worry be ha- worried about my Irish with Duke on Saturday night? Well, there's... Can I, can I bring this up real quick? We have time here, don't we? I mean, we'll do the check down in three four minutes and then we'll have bob kravitz on looking
1: up the notre dame boy i use a two touchdown underdog to maryland i'm looking up the spreads purdue is favorite over illinois gosh illinois
2: must stink
4: who
1: would ever Uh, bet that five and a half point five and a half point favorite at duke uh did you see your boy marcus freeman
0: yesterday so you need to know what's going on behind the scenes. Even though you lost, you know that Notre Dame, they're marked men, right? Like, you know that. That's one reason why you love Notre Dame is that people want to want to watch your games. And the ratings were through the roof on Saturday right. night and, and everything else. Did you see what Pete Sampson had to break to Marcus Freeman yesterday? Have you seen this? Was this the uh, Louisville game will be in primetime? Uh, the Louisville game is going to be in primetime. So that's next Saturday, Yeah, night? that's going to be four straight primetime games for Notre Dame. So I don't know if that, how well this translates. Let's see how, how well this translates. This is Pete telling uh, Marcus Freeman, and then Freeman kind of puts his head down and shakes his head like he's unhappy that Notre Dame's going to have four straight games in primetime.
2: Four consecutive night games now does dead at all
3: oh
5: yeah that's true yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. alright <laughs> with that mud okay so that's circulating where he's just like he puts his head down he looks at his SID he's just okay okay uh, I don't like that from Freeman and you know what it's doing Louisville people believe, oh, Notre Dame's scared. They're walking into a buzzsaw. That, that's oh what you're God, getting. Are they really that's, overreacting that's, to that clip? Brother, that's what you're getting an hour and a half down the road. I need you to know that. That's what, I mean, this that's is. That's how little they have to talk th- th- about. Nothing this, says
1: Louisville football like that comment right there. <laughs> Listen,
0: they believe this will be the best atmosphere. Because Marcus Freeman
1: doesn't want to get home at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. and then have a short week to prepare for USC. They
0: believe it will be the best atmosphere since West Virginia, Pat White, Steve Slayton in two thousand six. That's what you're walking into
1: next week. Quite the high bar there when we're talking about Louisville football <laughs> atmospheres. Did we see the Lucas Oil Stadium?
2: <laughs> All eight thousand
1: people are going to be really. <laughs> hey, mad. listen, there were twelve thousand people few weeks there. Ago.
0: There were twelve thousand people okay.
1: there. Yeah, I get. Uh, I get why Freeman's you know a little bit upset about it. Obviously, he's got some bigger issues to worry about, like getting eleven guys on the football field right now. <laughs> Four straight when, when first time. do you, time. I you get over was, that? Do you get over that? Uh, eventually. Okay. But it's going to take a while. Yeah. I think uh, first time in Notre Dame football history. Four straight primetime games. So, yeah, i started obviously at Ohio State at Duke College Game Day, and then Louisville, and then USC. I don't love the no-bye week here for Notre Dame at any point.
0: Like I actually agree with you. Yeah, they need a bye week straight
1: to start the year, and it's like they played in Dublin and Ohio State and USC. I mean, at Duke and at Louisville are not going to be pushovers at all. Oh, I, mean, I, I, I think you have a lot of people taking Duke in the points right there. No, I mean, what Duke's Notre Dame's best top wideouts question before game
0: or so, and I think I think there's a Riley chance, Leonard's a
1: very good quarterback.
0: I mean, I think there's a chance if Louisville goes on the road and beats NC State, I don't think much of NC State, although that game could be close. I mean, I mean, I think Louisville will be a
1: top twenty-five team for that game. And correct me if I'm wrong, that game is not Saturday, right? It's Thursday or Friday. What the? Uh, Louisville and no, C State. It, game. It's Friday, so that adds another day. It of, adds yet another you know, day. early prep. Yes, it for does. Louisville. So I, yes, I it get does. The, the raw reaction there from Marcus Freeman. Speaking of college football, did you guys see the snippet of Oregon's? I did. Post-game video. So I think we see this with teams. You know, Tom Allen's doing Indiana,
0: Indiana. Doesn't quite hit the save as He's doing
1: the Glee Club, the uh, straight-no-chaser reaction there. You've got these you know, college football programs that produce a very well-produced four- or five-minute recap video behind the scenes. This is what it was like. Pre-game speeches. Football Guys stuff. are guys, mic'd up. Guys yeah. yelling. Yeah, people love it. Terrific stuff. Honestly, I wish more NFL teams would, would do it. But certainly for college, it helps you sell the brand and all of that stuff. So Oregon did one after the game with Colorado, and they have clips from Colorado players. Mm-hmm. Sanders. Mm-hmm kids Mm -hmm. saying stuff that there is no way, shape, or form, I think there'd be any other college football game in America that you could get one opponent to actually put that stuff of the opposing team in their post-game video. (laughs) I hope that makes sense for people. But basically, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe there was a clip from, not the quarterback Sanders, the the kid that's a defensive who's a defensive
5: back, I believe,
1: Yes, and said that we're going to kill y'all
5: and your coach? <laughs>
0: yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean they were just openly like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to
1: bomb you, we're going to run through you, we're going to kill you and your coach. And this is in the Oregon <laughs> post-game video. This is why I love college football. Oh, no, college football is
0: unhinged. There really are no rules. And With like NIL and transfer like portal, there's literally Stein no rules. Shane won't tell
1: us anything, no. but in college football, you get Ryan Day yelling at Lou Holtz, and you get this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have from Shane Steichen, if you combined what he said about Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor, it might be 12 seconds of audio. Right. Like, if I just mash them together and played them for the audience, it might be 12 seconds of audio. And, no, you literally have guys saying, we're going to kill you.
1: Mark, play the Ryan Day clip one more time. Just absolutely. I I, I cannot get enough of Ryan Day and Lou Holtz.
0: You know, I'd like, like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. <laughs> What's the other coach you went after, Corso? Was it Washington yeah, State's Washington coach? State, yeah. I'm not sure I know who Washington State's coach is, even though I bet him last weekend. Oh, Mr.
1: Holtz is over there on the
0: shuffleboard. I mean, literally, <laughs> it is
1: 11 Eastern on a Saturday night, and he wants to know where 86-year-old Lou Holtz is.
0: How many Is Lou Holtz one of the guys in, in college football or any sports who has more people that do impersonations of him? Who, who has more impersonations yeah.
1: done of of them than Lou Holtz to this day it's it's up there and and, in recent days we've gotten Joey Molinaro (laughs) right here indie native absolutely iconic one of mimicking Travis Kelsey yeah uh, reaction to the Kelsey Taylor Swift relationship from NFL personalities (laughs) and then you've um, what's the guy's name Someone on on, McAfee show show? someone
0: does one on that show too outstanding with the Holtz impression. I know like five guys who can just do a Lou Holtz impersonation. I'm like, I can't do it. That's one thing that you gotta, I'm heavy, bad at. Heavy list. No, that's one thing that I don't have in my uh, radio bag, if you will, that I wish I had. Yeah, I'm and not a very Im- good impersonator. No, I mean, I don't think we've done one impersonation. You tried one impersonation and it may have been Lou Holtz yesterday and that's it. We've been together this long, and we—no one's doing. I mean, Mark can't do impersonations. I can't. Oh no, Mark I'll just yeah, oh, Mark have you, have you. Want? I apologize. What, do you want? what
2: do you, What's in your? What's in your bag? I, I have no know. idea. Sometimes I just start doing it. I don't know. Mark, you got a little Alabama <laughs> fan in you. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, we went on and down an SEC radio <laughs> rabbit hole. Oh, one
6: time. I know. I, I, I could like do that. Andy would be all over that. Oh yeah.
2: All right, Bob Kravitz going to join us here in about
1: five minutes. Before that, What's us morning check down.
3: The morning check down. On three five and 107.5, The Fan.
1: All right, last night, Monday Night Football. You got the Eagles and the Bengals both getting victories. For Philly, it was 25-11 to 11 over Tampa Bay. So that means that Jalen Hurts has won 20 of the last 21 regular season games in which he has started, including 10 straight away from home. DeAndre Swift, big night, 130 on the ground. AJ Brown with 131 through the air. Then the Bengals in the Jersey Cincinnati War, the whiteout in the stadium and at midfield. That deserved a better result than the <laughs> clunker we got in terms of that game. But 1916, the Bengals finally get their first win of the season. The Rams, to me, guys, they look like Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, and a bunch of misfits. I mean the and Bengals Puka. the Bengals Puka.
2: defense was getting after Stafford yesterday. They were just
1: Boy, if you're the Colts D line, if you're Big Grover eating some chicken wings, watching that, you had to be licking your chops coming up in uh, multiple ways. <laughs> coming up here uh for Sunday. Yeah, Puka Nakua, obviously you gotta count for him. Two Atwal is walls, a guy that can make some plays He's with all right, you know, yeah. speed, but man, that is a Rams team right now that they don't have a lot of firepower.
0: I do remember after the week one, they were 1-0. And everyone was like, see, they're not going to pack the season. And now they're 1-2. Colts hope to make them 1-3. Quickly, Arizona, they had the makeup game in baseball uh, in New York. They lose to the Yankees. They lose a series two out of the three there in the Bronx. And that sets up quite the final week of the season. The NL wild card, still Philly at the top. But Arizona's given up those two, three games uh, of a lead that they had. So it's Arizona and Chicago are tied, both of them 82 82- and 74 on the season. Miami a game back. Cincinnati two and a half back. Cincinnati in Cleveland tonight. And you would imagine being two and a half back, they would have to win four out of the next five
1: games, yep. probably. Yes. Yep. Prayers. Yep. Get out the rosary be- beads if you believe in it. Uh for the Red Legs. All right, Bob Kravitz from Substack. He joins us next. We'll chat with Bob on the other side. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy here on a Tuesday.
0: All right, 30 minutes to go, hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. Reminder, Query and Company coming your way at noon, JMV at 3 o'clock. Loaded as we uh, continue to talk Colts and Ravens and obviously switch everything to Colts and Rams coming up Sunday at Lucas Oil. Uh, Let's keep the conversation going on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Bob Kravitz joins us. You can find all of his fine work, bobkravitz.substack.com. Bob, good morning, sir. How are you? I am good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, we're fantastic. Uh, enjoying the morning here. I guess let's just start. Uh, you listen, I had this team pegged for about five wins. I think you had him pegged closer to three wins. Already two and one, I guess, first three weeks in the books. What does Bob Kravitz think? Are you surprised by what you have seen?
6: Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, th- that Baltimore game, I had that one as a loss. Uh, I was shocked at uh, how well they played and... Uh, very you know i mean yeah i was i was blown away that they were able to go out there and win um i'm still picking them to win 3 though <laughs> i'm not they, you know until they win that third game i'm i'm sticking with my pick um so you know i look i i i think that at some point once you get anthony back in there uh he's going to have his his growing pains Um, and you know, he's gonna, he's gonna throw his interceptions. And, um, so I, I don't, I I think this is a little bit of an anomaly, uh, what they pulled off on uh, Sunday, but maybe I'll be wrong and maybe they'll win a couple of games or a bunch of games, but, uh, very shocked.
1: Bob, what's been maybe the most shocking aspect position group player wise that you have seen through the first three weeks?
6: Well, I expected the offensive line to be much better, so that's not a shock. I thought the front seven was going to be really good. I, I think what's what shocked me is uh, that they've gotten the kind of production that they have out of Zach Moss. And I'm not saying that he's a bad player by any stretch. And he's he's had seven, I think seven or eight games in a row where he's been really productive, going back to his time in uh, Buffalo, but. That's one I didn't see. I did not think that they'd have any kind of running game without JT. And the fact that he went for, I think, 77 two weeks ago, and I think it was about 120, 122 this week, that, that surprised me. You know, that they were able to uh, be as productive as they have been, as productive as they have been uh, with the running game. Bob,
1: does any of that? And again, Bob Kravitz with us. You can uh, get his work over at Substack. Um, Any of that influence how you think things should be handled with Jonathan Taylor starting next week when he's eligible to come off the pup list?
6: No, I look. I mean, uh, you know, you're you know what you got in in Jonathan Taylor, and uh, you know, I don't think it it's going to make them any less likely to sign him. you know, because they think that Zach Moss is the real deal and he's going to be the guy moving forward. I, I think they're, you know, both sides are so intransigent at this point. Um, you know, I talked with a, a GM, uh, NFL GM last night, and he fully expects that, the, you know, if Jonathan decides that he's not going to come back, um, you know, in theory they could put him back on a pup list, but that's not going to happen. Um I think we're going to be looking at suspensions. Um, we're going to be looking at fines. Uh, I, I think. I think we're done playing nice, nice for now. And I, I think. I think it's going to get. Uh, it's going to reach uh, zero tolerance at this point. Either he plays, or he's going to get. Uh, he's going to get fined or, or suspended.
0: So you think it's going to get ugly then, potentially?
6: You know, I we're do. a week and a half away.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah,
6: I really do. I, I just don't see. Jonathan, uh, saying, well, you know, uh, I guess I'll come back now. I'm off the pup list. Um, you know, he's, he, he may continue to claim that he's hurt. Um, and, but you know, the, w- w- the, 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 medical team has got a lot of leeway here. They can, they can pretty much pass a guy whenever they, whenever they want. So I, I just feel like they're going to, he's going to pass his physical, and the ball is going to be in his court.
0: Bob Kravitz joins us here Tuesday on the Fan on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. You've seen, uh, whether it be on the professional level or the collegiate level, Bob, you've seen a lot of coaches come and go the first three w- weeks. You know, Steichen, I look at Shane Steichen, I-, I think he's you know outcoached some other coaches. You could look at Harbaugh on Sunday. If-, if nothing else, I think you go into these games thinking, hey, we're not going to be totally outcoached here. Do you agree with that? And what have, I guess, early returns, it's just three weeks, but early returns, with, uh, with Shane Steichen?
6: Yeah, the early returns have been good. You know, I don't... You Look, he he, he forced D'Amico Ryan's, a rookie coach, to take a timeout when he did that line change uh, on a fourth down. And he did it with John Harbaugh. But, you know, uh, to me, that doesn't... I mean, that it, it's a good move, clearly. I mean, he forced them to use timeouts. I don't think that makes him Bill Belichick just yet. Um, you know, I, I think... He's shown that uh, there seems to be a lot of buy-in to use to use that mm-hmm. phrase. I, I really, uh, I mean, they're playing hard, and I, I really have been um, pleasantly um, not surprised. But I, I, I've gotten a good feeling from this defense, especially. Um, and it was it was weird the other night, the other day, because they blitzed so much more than they usually do under Gus Bradley. But I think the front seven. Has played lights out. Uh, really, all you know the certainly game game two and game three. Um, you know I'm I'm wondering too. And Shannon Sharp went off on the Baltimore Ravens offense. I'm not sure what Todd Monken is doing. or Monken is doing. Um, you know uh, you you've got you've got this incredible talent in Lamar Jackson. They don't seem to be you know, using him correctly. So, you know, I think that's part of it. But, yeah, the front seven has been dynamite. And I thought that the the secondary, I I just thought the entire defense played a terrific game the other day against a really explosive offense. And a quarterback who I I think his his quarterback rating against the the Colts in the past is like 140. So um, they they did a really, really fine job against him, keeping him – you know he he went for a hundred yards rushing, but you never felt like he was dominating the game.
1: Bob, on the level of Chuck Pagano fake punt, where would you rank Marcus <laughs> Freeman's ten players on the field the final two plays of the game on Saturday night?
6: You, you're you're not going to let that go, are you? You're never like a dog with a bone, man. Never, Bob. He's never gonna going gonna to let it the go, grave Bob. With me, Bob. And I don't I, I don't feel bad about it. They're they're on the what the one yard line. Why why don't you just take the penalty there? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and something that was pointed out uh, is he took his headphones off with like a play a play or two left in the game. So you know, you've, I'm sure you've got coaches up there yelling. We've got ten. We've got ten. And he doesn't hear it because he's got his damn headphones off. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, that's even worse. You're killing. You're killing KB I'm on a tooth injury right here. It
1: really is.
0: Like I like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What did you make? Yeah, what did you make of Ryan Day calling out Lou Holtz after the game? That's fantastic.
6: Lou Holtz is 127 freaking years old. Uh, he used to coach Notre Dame. I mean, you know, uh, what do you? Expect? What do you expect? Yeah, I just
1: love the. I like to know where he is right now. He's asleep. Not, yeah, like he's, he wanted to confront him and tonight. just sock him
6: in the face. It's a night game, for God's sake. He's asleep. <laughs> no, I look. I mean, look. If you win, I guess you can talk all the crap you want. But I, I'm seeing just a general deal, you know, in, in, in sports where you, you've got to rip on somebody. Every there's no winning with with with. Uh, class anymore you've got to you know it's like this whole thing with oregon you know with the clicks and stuff i realize he's just trying to motivate his own guys but uh for crying out loud, you know, you know the cameras are rolling. What are you doing it for? Clicks.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Oregon put out a five minute video afterwards uh, no, about, about, of course, about clicks, and we all watched it here in Indianapolis, Indiana. We're all watching it, what happened in Oregon. Bob Kravitz, Pay Less Liquors Outline. Uh, last one for me, Bob. I mean, just the other teams around here college football. Indiana needed four overtimes, a miracle to beat poor Akron, uh, and then a one in three start a couple home losses for Purdue and I think that you know there's a chance Purdue's not favored in another game this season it's going to be a long winter for those two I would imagine
6: it's going to be I I still think Purdue I mean Purdue's just beating itself you know they're, they're they're just the turnovers have been such a such a problem for them I still think Purdue has a chance to have a decent season and if I'm not mistaken they kind of went through this last year where they They started slowly and, uh, you know, kind of picked up a little momentum and ended up eight and four. I still think Purdue's got a chance to have a reasonably decent season. IU is hopeless. They are officially hopeless. Um, I mean, to, to have the kind of performance that they did against the freaking Zips of Akron, you know, with their... Did you did you see after the interception the kid wore a tire around? His neck? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> is, is anything more played out than the interception thrown or the the the, the turnover t- tire? <laughs> the turnover tire, for God's sake. I realize it's Akron, it's Firestone. Yeah, it's cute once, but uh, it is so played out. Good God, come up with something new. You can find
1: Bob's work <laughs> over at Substack Bob Kravitz with us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Bob, thank you for the time this morning. We will see you uh, tomorrow over at Colts. Sounds good. I'll be there. Bob Kravitz right there. Andy, he seems to be highly skeptical of Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. Yeah, just a little bit. Having a mended relationship come next week. Uh, that That is going to be of utmost
0: interest if... It hasn't went nuclear yet, and they got the four weeks with the pup. To start their season and have it not be nuclear, but come next week or you know whatever time frame in the next week eight nine days or so, KB, this could this story is going to take uh, an absolute twist here at some point. The other side is if he comes back and he plays, and I don't know the the Colts are three and one. And <laughs> that's the other side to it. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor is out there playing, and now you have Moss and you have Taylor, and you work him back, and and that's the other side, I and mean, that's the nice nice. Everyone plays nice, nice side, and we don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, what he's saying would be bad for the Colts and good for Sports Talk Radio.
1: Yeah, and I think a question you know he brought up when I asked him, you know, what's been kind of your biggest surprise so far? He mentioned Zach Moss. Again, Andy, to go back to a point we were making earlier, 30 carries for Zach Moss on Sunday. That is a number he has not really ever sniffed in his NFL career. And so now I think you ask the question about wear and tear. You know, wh- wh- where is he you at have physically? To. No, you have to. As well. So I think that is something to keep an eye on of, yes, right now the Colts' run game is giving you nice production. And I see people out there saying, oh, yeah, you don't necessarily need Jonathan Taylor back, this and that. Zach Moss carrying the ball like he is, like he has. I don't think that's going to be there all season long. It just seems like unrealistic to expect him to be at that level. I mean, he carried the ball thirty times on Saturday or on Sunday, and there were points in the game where he was asking out or, or, or you oh, know, he was
0: he was slow getting up, a couple had to times, go over to yeah. the sidelines.
1: I mean, that that carry amount could have been a lot higher. And your backup was the guy you just brought off the streets in Trey Sermon. So I think keeping an eye on that here, not only Sunday but moving forward, no matter what happens with Taylor. Will be um, a, certainly something to keep an eye on. All right, on the other side, we'll close out the show with the pop quiz 317 239 1070. With that one, I'm looking at the answers right now, and until number five, they seem doable.
0: Uh, agreed. That's what I was going to say. I, I think four out of five, you're going to have a chance, and there's always a question in there. You're just, listen, we give, it, we give you four options. You're going to have to have a shot in the dark. You got a 25% chance to get it right. That ain't bad. That's not bad.
1: Was number two like the answer to that? Is that a big disco era? Or is that a different decade?
0: <laughs> I heard Scotty say it's a different decade. I don't know. I, I don't know anything about the disco era.
1: I'm 39, KB. Yeah, what do I know uh, about the disco era? Clearly, I don't. When Scotty replies with, "No, that's a different <laughs> no, that's decade a different on that." Decade, yeah. uh, so there goes my hint for <laughs> number two. Uh, all right, pop quiz. Give us a call. Three one seven two three nine ten seven. And by the way, that's where I'm going
0: after the show. I gotta get my uh, I gotta get my oil changed. Gonna hit up a little 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 jippy jippy loop on the east side. Yeah, I got I gotta do it. Plus I need windshield wipers. Can you replace your own windshield wipers? You, you,
1: Scotty yeah, can can you
0: not, is that something I should be
1: able to do? I've never done it yeah, before. Yeah, I would think that and then just some fluid action and you're good to go, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm good Windfields to go. Windshield
2: wipers are one of the easier things.
1: to Okay, have. well, I need to do. I'm gonna have the. Are pros you one of those people it.
2: that uh, put them up in the air if you know
1: like a storm is coming or icy weather is coming? I am not one of those people. Should I be one of those people? I, I, I have not been, but <laughs> I feel no. like my mom was back in the day.
0: Oh, I feel like being in a. I, I don't do things that like other adults do, and I feel like that's a very adult thing. Uh, by the way. Some breaking news. Matt Ryan is back, KB. Have you seen this? Oh, boy. Matt Ryan is back. Uh, of course, I'm I'm talking the guard forward in the NBA, Matt Ryan, uh, is back. He, has signed, a, Notre Dame he has signed a two-way deal to return to the Timberwolves. Not the ancient uh, mobile <laughs> Matt he, Ryan, who's in the CBS
1: booth. Did he call the Jets, or what was that story that I missed over the weekend? Uh, I think... He, Like Carson Wentz and his agent reached out to the Jets. Matt Ryan came out and said, I'm happy doing
0: TV, which means he called the Jets and the Jets said, no, thank you. We have Matt Ryan.
1: We have Matt Gay. (laughs) Well, someone needs to update that sounder. Might be the better way to put it. Uh, All right, give us a number for the pop quiz.
0: Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to go caller two because the Colts have two wins on the season. Dave. Dave. Good morning, Dave. You ready for the pop quiz? Yeah, I am. Dave, you all right? I don't know if that's confidence or not.
2: No, I, I've been in a parking lot and some guys got the boom thing going so loud. I thought you guys would be annoyed, but he just turned it off, so I'm good.
1: Boom thing, like a boom boxer, just like his bass is high or what? His base is extremely extremely high. Got it. Well, who needs coffee on a Tuesday morning when you got that base just to get it going? Uh, Andy Sweeney, you want to throw number one at Dave? We're kind of up against it, Dave. Apologies. All right, Dave,
0: here we go. Question number one of the pop quiz. After three weeks of the NFL season, three teams remain undefeated. Which of the following teams is not unbeaten? Is it the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers, or the Miami Dolphins? Chief Nice.
1: It's an easy one. There we go. Dolphins pounded the Broncos 70 to 20 on Sunday, Dave. In what decade did an NFL team last score 70 points in a game? The 2000s, the 80s, the 60s or the 40s? 60s. Hmm. You say 60s?
0: Yeah. You're smart, Dave. Dave's doing pretty good. All right, question number three. Pat Mahomes surpassed 25,000 passing yards for his career in the Chiefs' win over Mark's Bears on Sunday. Mahomes needed just 83 games to reach that milestone, surpassing the old record by a full seven games. Name the quarterback who needed 90 games to reach 25,000 yards. Was it Dan Marino, John Elway, Drew Brees, or Matthew Stafford?
1: Uh, not that smart. I'm going to go with Marino. And the Kay. opposing quarterback on Sunday. Hmm. Hmm. All right, number four here, Dave. Matt Gay set an NFL record by kicking four field goals of 50 yards or longer in the Colts' win in Baltimore on Sunday. Who holds the record for the most made field goals of 50 yards or longer in a career? Probably most people remember him as a lion, I would say. Would that be Sebastian Janikowski, Matt Prater, Justin Tucker, or Adam Vinatieri? Prater. Such an easy hand, by me. Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah, you basically gave him the answer. You could just said that you could just said the kicker's name. All right, last question. I that one. <laughs> yeah, last question, Dave. Fifty years ago today, Wilt Chamberlain's NBA career came to an end when he signed with the rival ABA. A lawsuit by the Los Angeles Lakers prevented Wilt from playing in the ABA, but he did fulfill his contract by becoming head coach of the team with which he signed. Which ABA team did Wilt? Coach, was it? How do you say this? Dallas Chaparral's, the Carolina Cougars, the San Diego Conquistadors, or the Memphis Tams? The hell's a Tams? The Conquistadors. Look at this. Dave, Dave. Unbelievable here. What an effort. I mean, now I feel bad that he got one wrong. I know. And I try uh, to give him a hint I know. On three, I and guess I, I probably would have done and that. And I would have picked there. Dan Marino for question three as
1: well. Uh, okay, Ugh. Chiefs correct.
0: 1960s, correct.
1: the correct. I still am in shock. We had an NFL team score 70 on Sunday, and they didn't score in the final eight minutes of the game. A four and five were both right. Matt Crater. Uh, uh, Gritto. Loud and proud. And the conquistadors of San Diego, but number three, Andy Sweeney. Yeah,
0: Pat Mahomes surpassed 25,000 passing yards. uh, And the guy he passed, Matthew Stafford. You Uh, blew it! Stafford needed 90 games. Marino needed 92. And the Tams, by the way, Scotty writes on the board, T-A-M, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi. I had no idea. I learned something today. I had no idea that's what uh that they existed or that's what it stood for. Is How about stat, that? Then? Is it just a map? <laughs> <laughs> just a map.
1: <laughs> an old an old road map. Colts just uh, put out a video of Gardner Minshew's touchdown uh toss to Zach Moss on Sunday. That was a really good throw and catch. It was. That's kind of another underrated play from Sunday. Like That was a third down early on in the game. Oh, that was a great catch. He settled for a field yeah. goal there. Who knows what happens. So. They ran that play a couple times when they got pressure. Oh, running back to, wheel the, route. The, the running back wheel route, yeah. Um, again, no practice today for the Colts. Anthony Richardson, the next update on that will come tomorrow. Uh, as he tries to continue to progress through the concussion protocol. And it will be the Colts and the Rams coming up Sunday. Is that Fox 1 o'clock? I don't know. NFC teams typically are Fox, but I know they've made that rule change on that end. If you guys missed it, uh, Tim Hasselbeck and Bob Kravitz on the podcast. Andy, oil change and a little visit to Mason. That's what we got going. That's it. That's my Tuesday. And that will be the Tuesday for Andy Sweeney. Tomorrow, we'll get some Pacers conversation. We're less than a week away from their media day, so we'll talk a little Pacers coming up on Wednesday show along with our weekly chat with Stephen Holder. Everybody have a great Tuesday. Thank you for tuning in to the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Podcast available. Thank you. 93.5. 107.5. The Fan.